This is Real Talk Real Talk Radio This is Real Talk High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk Real Talk This is Real Talk Real Talk Radio This is Real Talk High Praise Ministries presents Real Talk Real Talk All right, all right, all right. Welcome to yet another edition of Real Talk. I am your host, Pastor Jesse Jones, and today we got the pastor's crew with me alongside myself. We got over to my left, we got the one and only, well, I'll go across from me since he's eating. Uh, across from me, we have the one and only infamous liar of the, of the podcast. He's an entertaining liar in- at infamous. that. Infamous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Infamous. You, you are a verified liar now. Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the one only rep, uh, unrepented Judas himself, uh, Pastor Edward Aaron Jordan, a.k.a. J. Jordan. Say hi to folks, sir. I missed one show, and y'all figured out my whole full government name. Eddie J. is what it's going to be for the rest of your, for the rest of time. I know you will be doing this podcast, but I you are Eddie J. This. All the information is coming out. Uh, Tonight, one. today we learned T-Rot now, Eddie J. This is crazy. Razzle-dazzle. Razzle-dazzle. Um, <laughs> Over to my left, we got the one and only God's bullet. He's Wait a, a minute, <laughs> did you just went from strawberries to grapes? It's in the bowl. Oh, okay, I didn't see the strawberries. It's a grapes. fruit bowl. That means it's I just thought he had a bowl of strawberries. It. I didn't see the grapes. This nigga said he, he got his own fresh fruit bowl. And then it's surprised that multiple fruit is in the bowl. Anyway, we got God's boy himself, the one and only, Pastor J.C. Wallace. How the folks, sir? What up, though? So before we get started on the podcast, I just got to put this out publicly only because this is too messed up, too funny to me to not put this out publicly, this lie that, that J.C. and I had to endure this most lie. of the day. Most so, of the day? This is but lie. I, but, I but, confirmed but, it. I'm doing, I'm doing this to help you because somebody, somebody, if somebody can verify this lie for us, and I mean, when we say verify, we want some pictures or report cards or something. From a report card. Edward Aaron Jordan. Aaron, yeah, Aaron. EAJ has decided EAJ. that uh, he's going to tell us that he used to take ballet. Yes, seventh grade and eighth grade to be exact. If you have seen Jay Jordan in person, there's nothing about this man. To be honest, I don't know how many people that are alive that even witnessed this. To be perfectly honest. How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be perfectly honest, the, most of the people who witnessed this are not a, are not the, with the, us anymore. But see, here's the thing. That's what we would actually like you to do. Be perfectly honest because we all know this is yeah. not the truth. It's true. There was nothing about it's this that's truth. true. I had the tights and everything. This brother told us. And had a white t-shirt on. That he used to I put believe the, the tights part because you still got those. <laughs> all the, he, got, he got a couple of different variety of them now. <laughs> I saw him the other day. He was shopping for the Instagram pants because he thought those were going to be nice. <laughs> man, I did that. It was Thursday, man. I was told that in confidence. <laughs> so if you have, you happen to know or have any proof that you Jay went Jordan to Johnson has, Park Middle School. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, put it out there. Put you it out went there. to JP. 
in Columbus, Ohio. There may be another Johnson Park somewhere, but JP Columbus, Ohio. And y'all know, to all my JP folk out there, the best middle school in history of mankind. Give them the class. Give them the class. It's class every class of, what would that be? I was, I graduated, we left at 04. don't even know when he, when he graduated. How do you not know when well, he you know it's middle school. You don't count middle school. No, right? what class did you graduate in? Don't matter. I, it was the class of 04. That's what you were 04. Okay. Yeah. I had to think about it for a minute. I had to think about it for a minute. Did you graduate? Like, <laughs> is the diploma valid? Wait, hold on. Let's let's back up. Let's let's deal with that. Yeah, yeah pretty sure it is. They, it was written in crayon. But um, so yeah, if you if you were <laughs> but if you was in JP, then you know you know what deal it was. Y'all know who I was in JP. So all my JP folk, you know, holler at me. And we on Facebook Live too, ain't we? So all the Facebook That's Live folks, if, if you was in JP. What does this have to do with anything? What about JP? Get to the point. They know I was a dance. They know what deal was. They said I was going to do the dance. Can you vouch that you didn't have to take gym? It wasn't like I tried to diss Jim. No, no, I was, I the was bigger set part, up. No, no, the bigger part up. of the lie was that this man said. Or set up. That not only did he take ballet. That was one lie. But then he doubled down and said he took so, it in place of gym. No. So what happened was gym dance, is a dance, dance, and, and gym, and Johnson Park. You know, you said team. you could choose. Yes, you saying. could. And I didn't technically choose. My friend switched it, and I was in dance. I was the only dude in dance. So that's why I know if you went to JP from 02 to 04, you know there was only one dude. Because that was when they initiated the dance program. Was in O two, my sixth grade year, but I took the seventh eighth. Hello. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. <laughs> 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 See, witness right there in the house. My witness son. <laughs> you, you, you won't allow me. I know I'm not keeping that speakerphone, dog. Yeah, she trying to hush my witness up right there. No, He's gonna come out there to verify that I was in dance. <laughs> you was all loud on the mic. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Had a witness right there. But you see what you gonna say? But yeah, I took dance, Jesse. I, I'm gonna do a dance in about three weeks. I, I, I still don't believe. Right, I'm gonna do it. So if I actually do a bad classical ballet dance, would you believe it? Episode. If I did a classical yeah. ballet dance, would you believe it then, Jesse? No. No, that you did a classical ballet dance. No, because you can YouTube a routine. Oh, you can. You can YouTube it, but you can't nail the smooths like that. It takes some training to nail back. I would get first. Not, not if you do. Not if you do a basic one. I'm gonna do a basic. I'm gonna do a complex. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna do something that you gonna know that I took some classes. You ain't take no classes. No, JC, go ahead and just go ahead and put on speakerphone. So we can. We only hear half the conversation anyway. We can hear the whole part of it. I can't tell you right now. What is happening over here? We just got done talking about you. Oh, oh. okay. So here's what we're going to do. Because I, I, I know what that. I, 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 I have a understanding. We're going to talk somebody up. What we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break for after these minutes. No, we're good. Uh, you good? You sure? We're good. Because as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, this this, this, this need to um, we talk need go off, like, off air. <laughs> oh, man. Mine so, used to do that to me all the time. Back you know, I, I, I talked about it, you know, and then she'll call my phone, you know. It happened, used to happen. Remember that, Maya? Maya. How would Maya know that she was just talking about her before she called? This is the type of just random unnecessary that he you, does. So let me ask a question, Jack. You've been married about 10 years now? 11. Well, no, 12 this year. Did, did, did Falani used to call you a lot more before y'all got married? We in the same house. Why should you call me now? 
Well, here's my theory. Why should I be Facebook friends with my wife? What you got to hide? I don't mean the same house. What you got to hide? We're in the same house. Just let me know when you want to tag me in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> really? Come on, come on in. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you did, one, there, you did one show. I was bleeding last time y'all did a show. Almost lost my thumb. Pull up the Verizon shelf. <laughs> Right, yeah, right, right. Go, go, go ahead and snatch, go ahead and snatch his mic. I almost <laughs> lost my thumb dealing with y'all. I wasn't dealing with us. I, was, I, I didn't was, even get a, I didn't get a hero's welcome. Cause Came you in lied. a bandit with a band aid on everything. Cause you just just swing his mic out. It, see, see, see the hand. It, you can just take it, move it. Yeah, take it that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you don't want to be my Facebook friend? Is that what you're saying? It's a good radio Can topic, Leah. Yeah, let's. This is uh, good. I like this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Is this this one directional mic? There's a there's a three sixty. It's 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 one directional. This one. Turn that there. Slide back. Add two two mics. Oh my god. It's right. Come on, Cletus. Come on, Cletus. We got we got a new little, hey JC we got a new topic on this one I like right, this right, one this go ahead this this I like I this spontaneous impromptu joke see this what's wrong with people now this one stir Kool Aid up come on Cletus they want to stir the cake hey hey Maya I'm friends with my I'm Facebook friends with my wife I'm Facebook friends with Maya too wait 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 so are you saying I'm you want to friend me no I didn't say that hey, hey Maya I'm Facebook joking. friends with both of her accounts okay. yeah she got she has a gaming account too watch well, I'm friends with both of his too. <laughs> Really? Yeah, but I ain't, I ain't never said I don't want to be Facebook friends with my wife. Secrets out here. That's first my full government name. People don't know that I'm IYF. <laughs> Who don't know that that did you IYF? There's a lot of folks that don't know that. And for the record, I think you got three accounts because there's one. There's a there's a Prophet J Jordan account roaming around Facebook still too. That's a fan page. That's a fan page. Somebody made it. Someone made that. Somebody named someone whose name was Edward Aaron J Jordan. Is that what it is? You know it tells you who makes pages, right? Yeah, Aaron. Aaron did that. <laughs> So, so, so my, my ask you a question. So you don't want to be Facebook friends? No, with I was just saying? joking. It was just a joke. I was just doing this stir. This just stir some stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to mess with you. Man. I'm not even look, look. All that bass went out his voice quick, didn't it? It, it really did. <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> He he didn't he forgot we could we could we could we could drag you on over. He's so used to you having to, see the slam to stay over there on the couch over there. Dog Janice pulled up to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man. So you want to go to Baltimore with I the wretched? I was just 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 <laughs> I was over there trying to get content for the show. That's all. This so, so, wait, wait. wait, wait. So what you so what you were now saying? You are admitting that basically all you do is lie on the show. No, no, because you just said I, all I'm doing is trying to get some content, which means he don't believe I'm nothing you say. Particular thing right here in this particular uh, uh, uh huh. Uh -huh. Give, give us the particulars. You know, my, my husband. You know what? I'm just gonna keep stirring it for the while. As long as it's good, radio, I'm keep stirring it. This, this is how wedding dance will happen. This is how wedding dance will happen. man got victimized and vilified. Don't let his nonsense shift you from the topic at hand. So this Facebook this was unfriend the Facebook thing. I was just joking. <laughs> it was just a it was a bad joke. It was a real bad joke. Everybody, it was funny to five people. 
to the people that said I didn't lie, they probably thought it was funny. I have fans out there. Ten percent of folks didn't believe me. Believe the truth. Believe what truth? I heard. Last week, I was last two weeks ago. I was hurt. That's not what that was about. It was about you taking ballet. What do you mean? Put that pole up there yet? Oh yeah, yeah. The the the, the Spotify poll from from two weeks ago was about him lying about his story. Ten percent of people uh, said he was true, and ninety percent. You, you, you do realize only ten people voted, and so that means one person. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's ten percent, but it's I one person. Numbers, how many people voted? I don't know if it's all. <laughs> that means more people vote. It's going to go to like ninety-eight percent of people. So if you lie. if you on Spotify, just keep voting for me. Just keep voting. Cat, yeah, cast your votes. We want to see what y'all think. You know, I tell the truth. Ain't that right? You should probably, uh, you should probably get your headers down, so bro. Anybody got a poly? Nah, it's, it's, I can see it. Anybody got a polygraph thing using out there? Yeah, we need to look at these and that's just exactly what? how I want. Yes, okay. anybody yeah. out there got a polygraph thing using? Because we need to borrow it. We don't need to borrow. We all know Jay's a liar. This is just this is just fun for you me. So he gets caught in these lies. Polygraph, it'll be remarkable how much I tell the truth. It, it will blow your minds. Because it'll be the first time in your life you've ever told the truth that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so on that note, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and come back with our first topic from Real Talk. All right, we back, we back, we back. We'll be right back. Oh, this is take three. We trying to get through this. I swear we are. All right, so look. Hit it. <laughs> Every time something goes on, stop saying it. God said, I'm trying to protect y'all now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Jesus in heaven, he did it again. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you see him trying to stop going out and getting canceled? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. Prepare to get For y'all, prepare the ghetto. For y'all who are only listening to the podcast and aren't, aren't hearing this live or anything, this is the third. This is the third take of this segment. We keep, we, we keep. A system keeps crashing. We're gonna blame it on JC because he keeps saying inappropriate stuff, and the system just decides to say we're stopping. So yeah, but <laughs> we are. <laughs> we <laughs> we trying to get through this, but we can't. It's hard. So alright, we're gonna jump right in. Okay, here we go. Here we go. The topic for the 55th time. How has the prophetic put biblical truth in jeopardy? And, and the, the explanation is people prophesy chase, a prophecy chase, but reject sound b- biblical teaching or ignore the Bible in total. We live in a generation, so I'm trying to rush through this this time. <laughs> we live in a generation where people can be prophesied to but not preached to. So, Jay, how did we get here? Why are we here? And all that stuff. I got to do it. No, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh shoot! Oh man, but yeah, you know, uh, what's about the powerful prophecy station? So, um, <laughs> so this is my third time doing this, ladies and gentlemen. But you've only listen. Here's a here's the truth. Tell the truth. And I've only got so you, like a minute and a half each time. And you've only said like a half of a valid point. He he his story has been going around time, and around. Every time I try to get, get it going, it's, oh god, here it go again. I changed the mic every day. This has just been. This is filling in a little bit. <laughs> you think you go get that? <laughs> that keeps works. 
We waiting on you. I don't know what you was doing. I was pointing at you. Go, talk. I don't know what you was doing. So anyway, so but I just think people have neglected that part of the of true relationship with God. I think we have a lot of people that are wanting look for someone to be their middleman um, and carry these titles of prophet. And I think that people don't really understand the principle or meaning or concept of what a prophet is and really what the prophet is. I think we have our own theology that we have created off of emotionalism, off of uh, desire to uh, connecting with God through a person. And I think that's created a frenzy that we live in today. That is, that there's a large group of people that are going after uh, that I need a word type thing. Um, and not even really reading their word, not even having a relationship with God, not even committed to a church home. Because granted, there's some people the only time you see them unless there's a conference, an event, a revival going on. But where are they learning, where are they going, where are they being accountable to? Um, even back in like the like five, seven years ago, there was a whole fad of people going to these things for activation. That was a whole theme, a whole thing, come here, get activated, get everything else. But how you can activate it when your pastor is activating you? Or you're not in a place where you're growing. And so What do you mean activated? What does that even mean? So there was a there was a there was a frenzy going on about probably 2015, 16, where there was uh, a group of, of, of apostles, prophets. They were going around the nations and they were doing these things called activations. Now, the way they described their activations. Like, like you get a new cell phone? <laughs> so the way they, that's, that's kind of what it felt like. Well, the way they described their activations from according to their, their what they teach is that you come there, they train you for a day or two, they lay hands on you, and then you're activated in whatever their, their topic over their teaching. So they're talking about writing. You go there, they do some workshops, they lay hands on you, and now you're activated. <laughs> so then you're activated being a writer. So that was their, their, their theology. So that's kind of where this theme kind of became from. But I think it also produced a lot of people that are, are, are rogue oh, because of that so mentality. So I think, it was a, I think it was a group of leaders. <laughs> Jesse on her week. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> 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 no, no, keep going. Holy Spirit, activate. Let's go. <laughs> Change out the prophecy, um, and I think that's become a, a section of believers, not a section of people. That's what they go for. If you if you go on Facebook and type on your live prophetic word, you'll automatically get more numbers than you would. I'm about to go off and come yeah. back on and see if that works. 
<laughs> because people are looking for work. People honestly are looking for work because I think there are a lot of people that 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 do desire to be close to God but don't know how to. And and there's a there's a group of people that want to be taught and trained. But I think there's another group that want it easy. I think there's a group that just say, Hey, look, just tell me if it ain't gonna be good. I'm gonna trust your word and leave it at that. So I think there there's a lacking of true understanding what relationship with God is because at the end of the day. If I'm gonna have a prayer life, then God can talk to me. God can talk me through His Word. God can talk to you through different, several different things. So God can speak to me without a title, without anything, just being a believer. And so I think that's what matters. So for me, I kind of here's my thought. I won't say I agree or disagree with your point. Wait a minute, you made a, it through that thing without it cutting off. Yeah, yeah, we still oh, going. So we still third going. Time, third time, sorry. Uh, see, now because you mentioned it, it's probably going to cut off now. Um, <laughs> but no, you know why it's not going to cut off? Because Holy Spirit's activate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that man's of Judas doing like this. <laughs> <laughs> power. Just stop that day from getting cut off. Back night. Um, so. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. So uh <laughs> here's what I think, like for real. Here's here's what I think. It's it's more of to me, um, people are lazy. It is much better, or not much better, it's much easier to hear a word from somebody who's a prophet than to find out from God myself because uh, and I did a series and I, uh, I recommend anybody who even if you're not a member of High Praise Ministries go check the series out it's not a there's not a shameless plug I just believe that the series is that well taught um, that taught on how to hear from God God gave me some principles that will help his people be able to better hear from him it's a five message series and so in crossing that series 40 hours uh, a work week that you got to listen to right there. Five message series. Man, he did the same as book. Yeah, that's that's at least no, forty hours worth of material. I mean, it, you it, through it, a whole work week. It's a shameless plug, but it's not because at the, at the end of the day, what I wound up doing <laughs> is like so. The, the the whole purpose of me teaching that series was God asked me a question. He said, "How? When's the last time some pastor, some teacher, some whoever, after telling you to to pray and hear from me?" ever showed you how to hear from me. Mm. We bring people in the body of Christ and expect them to just be able to hear from God mm -hmm. when the reality is you have to learn how to hear from him. And so there are things that you have to do. There's, you can't just hear from God just any kind of way, just being any kind of, uh, 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 any kind of heart condition, any kind of soul condition. There's some things you have to do, right? There's, there's, some, there's, there's some stuff you have to get rid of to really be able to clearly hear from God and distinguish the difference between God's voice, your voice, and the enemy's voice. But with a prophet, I don't have to do none of that. I just got to show up and hope he looks at me. And even if he don't look at me, if I can get attention, oh, I need a word, I might get it. And so we become lazy mm -hmm. and really have prophets now being God as opposed to God being God. Mm -hmm. Because I would rather seek to hear the word of a prophet than the word of God. Because if I get the right prophet, the right prophet from me, the prophecy ain't going to be about your life needs to be changed. <clears throat> the prophecy ain't going to be about you need to get your life together. You need to stop doing this. The prophecy's not going to be about direction. The prophecy's going to be about houses, cars, and land. Ooh, God's going to bless you with a house. God's going to increase your money. 
You're going to get the spouse you want. That's what I want to hear. So I'm going to go after that. We become lazy in that. We don't, we don't want sound doctrine because with sound doctrine comes change. With most of these bootleg prophets we have out here nowadays, there is no change that has to happen. There's only the change of your money leaving from your pocket to theirs. Mm -hmm. And for the right price, you can buy a good word. You can't do that with God. You can't do that with sound doctrine. You can't pay a, a real teacher to teach you bad word. Mm -hmm. You can't pay one to say your life is going to be good when they know you living like hell. Mm -hmm. They're going to teach you how to be right. So because I don't want to deal with all that and do all that, that's why we have this influx of everybody. They mama's a prophet. I had a dream one day and it halfway looked like it kind of sort of came true. So I must be a prophet. And we no longer even distinguish between the office and the gift. We no longer distinguish between what prophets are and what dreamers are, what visionaries are. We don't have those distinctions. We put everything under the office of a prophet just because it sounds better and because it's easier. And no one can, no one checks them. It's a very, last thing I'll say, let's talk is, is when's the last time, well, probably within, within the three of us, we've probably seen it more often because one of us is more apt to do it than not. But when's the last time outside of us you've seen a prophet get checked for wrong word? Mm -hmm. What do you mean one of us is more apt to do it than that? No, I mean check a prophet. So if a prophet prophesies you and they off, uh -huh. you're more apt to say, no, no, that's, you ain't, you ain't, that ain't God. What you talking, shut up. Facts. You know what I'm saying? With, within the three of us, we're more apt, the average person is more apt to say, well, maybe they right. Maybe, maybe I'm not thinking right. Maybe I'm not looking at it in the right context. We're more apt to say, no, you off. That's not God at all. Cause I can't check over your daddy. Say what? Hmm. I heard somebody's dead. That's all I heard. <laughs> but we're, but because nobody checks prophets anymore, mm -hmm. you can just say you're a prophet without having the fruit of it, and no one will check you. I run from it honestly. Like if the if the if the, if, if the title of it got prophetic anything in it around it of it, the, the speaker's name is prophet or anything. You know the prophetic. I don't. It just was never something to be broadcast it was never something that people were so, it, real true prophets especially in the old testament they weren't somebody uh, somebody that people ran to mm -hmm. god had to almost tell samuel to lie so that he could safely get in to anoint david to be king mm -hmm. because samuel knew if i go they might kill me mm -hmm. this is who prophets were nobody really wanted to talk to a yeah, real no, prophet no but you know here man prophets don't shut up <laughs> They don't shut up. They they That's need true. to be social and all this other kind of stuff. Like I've never seen uh, so much prophetic activity in my life. And I'm not saying that in a good sense when I'm saying prophetic activity. I'm really saying that sarcastically because it's just like, you know, you, you're, you're, you're moving more than God at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, um, God's busy always, of course, but he's not as busy as you. Um, I just don't believe that God is saying all these things all the time. Like it's just not, and then nobody's being changed, touched, lives, nothing. It's no, 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 nothing shaking in the earth realm, none of that kind of stuff. And it's just like I think that the prophetic has become more of a social experiment than anything. I like that. Um, that's just they are the new socialites. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if we want to take a if we want to take a really deep look at it, the prophetic is this. Is, these are I liken them to 
Instagram uh, per- personas, church influencers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're church influencers. That's what. That's what. That's what we have. We have uh, a culture of influencers uh, that are not influencing. You know, they they have the following, they have the likes, they have all this other kind of stuff. But when they die, you'll never know who they were mm-hmm. because they didn't leave anything substantial um, as, in terms of a mark of their prophetic. And so, um, you know, we hear about the Old Testament prophets all the time because when they spoke, it wasn't just um, for that moment, but their prophetic word transcended generations. we we hear about Micah, we hear about Jeremiah, we hear about Elijah and Elijah, we hear about all these prophets and if you look at all of those prophets, none of them were socialites Mm -hmm. none of them, you often found them in the wilderness in isolation um, or amongst other prophets that's a fact they were never amongst the commoners they weren't mingling and, and jingle type people because there was something that God was doing distinctly on the inside of them that they could not be around common folk. And so I think that this wave of the prophetic as we see it has really, I won't say that it's because you can't dilute the word of God, but I will say that um, it has put biblical truth in jeopardy for the sake that people don't want the truth they want a word and they don't any care word. they don't any word they don't care if it's a lie um or whatever they can, whatever makes them feel comfortable and content and that they can hold at night that's what they want and um it's it's a sad place that we live in we look at um, and I use this example in one of my messages. It might have been last week's message, but I use it a lot all the time, period, um, with Ahab and Jehoshaphat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ahab inquired of Jehoshaphat and said, will you go into battle with me? And he said, you know, my people are as your people. You know, in other words, because they have a friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jehoshaphat said, we'll go into battle with you. But you got to understand, there was two things that were happening at that time. For one, the southern kingdom which is what Jehoshaphat ruled, had not been in threat of war in years. They were establishing the word of God, worship, all that kind of stuff. And the Bible said as long as they kept their head in the word, mm-hmm. the enemies did not even think, think to Bible. attack them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the minute he makes a connection with Ahab, now he's th- threatened to go to war, it exposes the kingdom. And so this is what one one of the things that people have to realize is that you know one you have to be mindful of the connections that you make mm-hmm. um, and the and the counsel that you adhere to and reject um, because what happens is is that not only does he expose the kingdom by agreeing to go to war he he tells uh, Ahab to inquire of a prophet Ahab has prophets on payroll. Mm-hmm. In other words, Ahab has Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Facebook. He has Facebook and Instagram, and he says to his Facebook and Instagram prophets, uh, will, uh, will I go into battle and be successful? And they tell him that he's going to come out victorious and all this other kind of stuff, and he will reign supreme. And But so crazy about it is that even though they were on his payroll, 
And even though they gave him exactly where he himself knew, mm-hmm. you know, that that wasn't the true word. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I know that he knew that it wasn't the true word, because Jehoshaphat asked him, can you inquire of a prophet of the Lord? That's right. And so Jehoshaphat, at, at, at Jehoshaphat's request, Ahab calls, he says, there's Micah. I don't like that. He's dude. over there in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. I don't like him. He never prophesies anything good to me. And so they sent him, and and Micah, ironically, prophesied the same thing to Ahab that his prophets did. But this is how I knew that Ahab knew that his prophets were lying, because when Micah said it, he didn't he 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 didn't well when his prophet said it, he didn't question it as a lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When Micah said it, he said, "Now Come tell me now. the truth." Mm-hmm. So he knew that his prophets were lying to him. Mm-hmm. And when Micah said it, he says, no, tell me the truth. He says, all right, well, you can go in battle and die. Your people are going to be scattered. And so how did he respond to the truth? Mm-hmm. He locked the truth up, mm-hmm. told them to hold him into cell, in the cell until he came back from battle. Guess I'm going to die in the cell then. And guess he's going to die in that cell because guess what? He goes about, in other <laughs> words, he was so, he was so comfortable with the lie that he was willing to lock up truth knowing that the truth was getting ready to transpire and he was going to die in battle. But isn't that, a, isn't that the body of Christ as a whole to that well, Yeah, that's yeah. And that's, that's the point that I'm making is that because the topic is, 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 has the prophetic put biblical truth in jeopardy? Well, we see it right there that the prophetic did put biblical truth in, in jeopardy. Because the prophetic at the in in in, in that instance was a lie. Well, that, he embraced the lie and rejected the truth so much that he locked the truth away, went to battle, and the very thing that happened. And so here's what the the ramifications of it. And and I want people to really understand this. Here's the ramifications of rejecting the truth. Because when you reject reject the truth. And you allow the prophetic to be your gauge, and it, especially if it's an error, um, and, and it's not the authentic prophetic word of God. Here's what happens: when you don't allow yourself to be governed, or your life to be guided by sound biblical truth, it doesn't just affect you. Mm-hmm. Because not only did he go into battle and die, his people, as the prophet said, scattered. were scattered. Mm-hmm. So the consequences of your inaction as it pertains to truth is not just on you. There are some there's some collateral damage that happens in your life and the people in your life when you reject truth. And this is a and this is a bad place for us to be in as it pertains to uh, the church and the prophetic. Here's the thing where I want to jump in at: um, nothing that you said is inaccurate. I wholeheartedly agree with the exception of the foundational statement. Here's what I mean by that. I don't think the prophetic has put biblical truth in jeopardy. Here's why. Because what you described was not prophetic. It was a lie. Mm -hmm. The prophetic, true prophetic cannot be a lie. Oh no 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 yeah you're to that and that's why I had to give you the context of what mm-hmm. I was saying okay. as rega- as it relates to this topic because mm-hmm. we're not talking about we're talking about the prophetic as we see it okay. here 
in, 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 in modern day times. We were talking about Facebook and Instagram profits. We're talking okay. about the, the people, because if you notice, that they were popping up, but they ain't pop up like they was popping up when Facebook made live available for everybody. Right. As, as long as you had to have a legitimate business, um, they weren't. They weren't. The, sat, the market was as nearly as saturated as it is now. Now that everybody can go live with their microphone in their bathroom, everybody's a profit. Everybody. But but I think that's also the thing. So like, because me being a word person the way I am, I I, I I thrive and I deal in the definitions and understanding of what words are. Right. Part of the problem to me is that because we don't understand what a prophet is mm-hmm. and we don't understand what true prophecy is, this is why we have this this epidemic. So let me do it this way because I, I I know what I want to say, but I'll do it this way. I'm gonna start with you, Jay. Uh, what would you say are the primary responsibilities of a true prophet? The primary? Are we talking about this list or this what I, or this the number one thing? Just just what whatever you would say are are like just, just give me two or three of the primary responsibilities. It doesn't have to be. The top three, just their primary. Like if if you were, let me I, I would this say, way. I would say for me, mm-hmm. there's someone, and this this is this is uh, not a popular thing when they come to prophets. But one, the prophet, a prophet must know the word. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the prophet is the pro- all fivefold. If you want to do fivefold ministry, but the prophet in particular has to know the word of God. Because how am I speaking a prophetic word of the Lord when I don't know the word of God for myself? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have to be someone who is someone And I will argue that you should know it better than anybody. Yeah. Uh, if we're, it, Because that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They lived in isolation so that they could have that God. alone time with the with word God. of God mm-hmm. in, his, in his presence. That was, so nobody should out-Bible you. I think, I think the prophet and the teacher should be the most astute when it comes to the word um, and solid. But, you know, that, that's a whole other thing. How many prophets we've seen don't even quote the Bible? They don't even come from anywhere in the Bible. They just go on there. They're loud. They're voices. And we think because they're loud and voices, they got power. And not even knowing you really in the Bible, these people were having conversations that were a that were affecting people's lives. Even when we just talked about the situation with uh, Ahab and them, Michael never had a scream. Listen, I said you coming out of your season, da, 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 da. and we and, and not only that, we've got it to the position that we heard something really powerful from somewhere that might have really been God, and then we repeat it so in our circle. Excuse like, me. oh, okay. Jake said, "Get ready, get ready." I'm gonna bring that to my storefront church. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Leave Brian Carnival. And so we have now got a lot of people that will steal some that is powerful. I think there's been moments, there have been things for the setting, the time, that place, it was truly anointed. Mm-hmm. And they took something that was truly anointed and appointed, brought it to their to their session, because nine times ten, they're not following that person, not listening to that person. And so then now they bring that over there, but it's not the same impact. It's mm-hmm. not going to be the same approach. Because one is not authentic. Number two is not from you. And prophets are authentic people because that's the whole point of isolation. So when I'm coming from you, I'm coming from that I've been, that I know, bona fide, that I had to check with God. Because most, a true prophet does not, they're very reluctant to even give a word. That's a fact. Because of the magnitude and the weight of what you're about to release. Because when you think about, I'm giving the word of God. 
to his people. That's why you do that to no five and our team. That reluctance. <laughs> five minutes to fight with himself. Yeah, you got five minutes to back out. Five minutes still. Well, you know, the magnitude of that, the thing about to be in a position where you had to give a word on the, from the, on the behalf of God, this the magnitude, and I think, and I, for the second one for me is that, do we realize the magnitude of what the prophet is? Mm. Do we realize the magnitude of what it's saying? I am a prophet of the Lord. Do you realize what you are saying? It's almost like the magnitude of being the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be the president. Everybody knows what they should do until you're actually in that position and you see the magnitude of what you are. Because there are certain things you just don't see on TV. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that 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 if, that President Biden goes through, unless you have been a president, you don't know. You don't even have a clue. There's things that even the VP does not have to deal with being with the president and can't know because he ain't the president. Right. And if you look at the office of the president, because the president is technically in office, mm-hmm. it's only been, what, 46? It's only been a few. There's been many that ran, but only 46 have become president. And a lot of them have had been, could have been good presidents, have potential being good presidents, but only 46 were chosen. And so we get all these problems that are polluting the atmosphere, and it's almost like being not chosen, I'm going to still be president anyway. Even though I'm, I, you know, I may have some provocation, and then we, we got a whole bunch of Donald Trump pro- prophets, is what he just said. <laughs> That's what he said. You weren't elected, but you're gonna talk anyway, <laughs> as if you are the president. So I think we have to understand this. That was a good word, actually. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No, he's talking about his word that he got that he that he, uh-huh. that he tagged off of yours. Uh-huh. No, I'm pretty <laughs> talking about him. <laughs> I, was, I was giving his piece for that. That was a nice little analogy right there. <laughs> So, JC, what, what would you say are, are the top responsibilities, the primary responsibilities in your mind of a prophet? Um, you know, actually, I just preached on this last week, so I'm just going to consult my notes. Okay. Um, well, first and foremost, um, I, I, are you bringing up notes and stuff? Yeah. He said he just preached on you. No, actually, this was, this, this was two weeks ago. This, yeah, yeah this, this was supposed to happen weeks ago, but this, uh, yeah, this, this was last week's work. Um, what was the question? What are, what do you feel are the primary responsibilities of a prophet? Just give like two or three, but the primary responsibilities oh. of a prophet. Uh, I think the first and foremost, uh, the the first primary responsibility of a prophet is to not know everything, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and to be okay with it. And I just preached this on, on Sunday. Oh, okay. Uh, um, and I just preached this on Sunday because um, I was talking about the prophetic and we were dealing with uh, Ezekiel in the Valley of the Dry Bones. Mm-hmm. And, one of, and one of the first things that um, we see in their interaction between Ezekiel and, and God is that when he takes him and he sits him in the valley and he says to him, can these bones live again? Only you know, Lord. He said, Lord, thou knowest if, if, if you're King James or basically what he said is I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that is to me the biggest key to the prophetic is that you don't know everything. You only know what he knows mm-hmm. and what he shows you. And so I gave him three, uh, three, three moves of the prophetic uh, mm-hmm. that that we really needed to own in on. One is if I'm going to really understand it, I have to understand that the prophetic is what God knows. Mm-hmm what God says Mm -hmm. and it all is um, executed and how we respond to it. 
And so that was that was the three positions that I gave. What God knows, what God says, and how we respond. And I'm not talking about the people receiving the prophetic word. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the people who deliver the prophetic <laughs> word. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, there was nothing that was going to happen in the valley if uh, Ezekiel wasn't first obedient right. to what God said. He said to him, I don't know. And and one of the things that I said last week that really brought, I almost lost it on this, is that the less I know, the more God reveals. That's right. The less I know, the more God reveals. Because when he said to, um, when Ezekiel said to him, he said to God, he said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Immediately, God begins to reveal. In other words, we have to understand not knowing is not a place of vulnerability. It is a place of surrender. Mm-hmm. It's, when it's, when it's me saying to God, God, I don't know, but I know that you know. Mm-hmm. And so because I know that you know, I'm going to lean and depend on what you know mm-hmm. to, to, to help move me in whatever direction you need me to go in. And as it pertains to my life or to what, I, what I'm purposed to do in this moment. And so because he was able to yield to what God knew, this is when he was able to be receptive to what God said. In other words, I don't know. And I said, this was one of the the moves, right? One of the moves is, it's on what God knows. Mm -hmm. It's on what God says. Mm -hmm. And he says, prophesy, right? Mm -hmm. And guess what he did? Mm -hmm. He prophesied. Mm -hmm. Not because he had a prophetic word, because he was empty and clueless at first, mm-hmm. but because God gave him what, what to prophesy. prophesy. That's right. In other words, <laughs> I should not be prophesying or trying to prophesy if God didn't give me nothing to say. Mm-hmm. This is why it's so important that we respect and honor those seasons in our life where God is telling us to be quiet. Because what, what we're seeing right now is that what we're seeing is a whole bunch of people operating in a season where God said, be silent. <laughs> You're talking drunk. Let, let's be real about it. Mm-hmm. This is the season where God said, be silent. Mm-hmm. But yet this is the season where everybody's doing their most talking. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that because now you're contradicting what God said. Because how, what are you speaking because and 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 I and I and I had to pre- to preface it like this because even if you use scripture, mm-hmm. the in fact word of God, you can still be speaking scripture and still be speaking in error. In error, that's right. Mm-hmm. You can quote all the scripture you want to dress up with the prophetic word that you're giving or whatever the case may be, but if God did not release you to give that word. You are out of order. Mm-hmm. If you take it upon yourself to take the liberty to operate out of season, you are out of order. Mm-hmm. And so this is the place that we're in right now as it pertains to the prophetic is because we have a lot of people who are operating out of order. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'll boil it down to this, these three things. It is correction, mm-hmm. direction, revelation. Three, to me, those are the three primary jobs. Mm-hmm. It encompasses everything you both said. Mm-hmm. But I don't know of any biblical prophet that when they came, 
wasn't bringing correction. Mm -hmm. Get your life right. Stop doing this. God's getting ready to judge you. This is what the prophet did. Mm -hmm. And as a result of your life getting right, you get the promises of God. But they weren't always promising the promises of God. Just look, God said you sinful, you going to hell. This was going to happen. So get it together. They gave direction. This is the way you must go. This is what we must do. Thus saith the Lord, this is where we should go. This is what we should do. This is how we should move. This is how we should operate. Or they brought revelation. And to me, revelation, it goes, I think that we have, we have minimized what revelation really is. I holistically, and I've gotten, in a, I've caught a lot of flack for saying it. So, and I'm at a point where I keep saying it because I don't mind the flack, but until somebody can answer the question for me or, or, or respond in, a, in such a way that makes me feel or think differently, I'm going to keep saying it. So we have minimized it to, to think that the Bible is the end all be all. Hear me. It's not that it is not that it's not that we don't need the Bible because we need it. The problem is, is that we misunderstand what Jesus said. So the Satan comes to tempt Jesus when he's in the, in the wilderness fasting and Satan says to him, Turn this rock into, into food so you can get something to eat. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word proceeds is continual. Mm -hmm. The Bible was already preceded. As far as we're concerned, it is already preceded out of God's mouth. Mm -hmm. So we need that. But what we wind up missing is God speaking to us clearly concerning his word as well. True revelation is something that comes and it will change everything you think. It'll give you something new. It'll give you some understanding. It'll open up some stuff. You can get revelation reading the word, but it's not the word that gives you the revelation. So I'm reading the scripture and, I, and this is what I understand of it. And then I say, okay, God, now illuminate this for me. And he pulls out something that you never saw in that same passage. And now you present it and people will say, well, how did you get that from that? Because God just began to show this thing to me. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I have to know the written word, but I also have to know his voice to know his word. Mm -hmm. And so too many, mm -hmm. I believe too many prophets are using just the written word. Not so much that they can quote scripture and understand it and know it, but they know, they know biblical cliches. Mm -hmm. So they can strike the right chord with you and say the right cliche to make you think oh they're deep they know they'll say things up to you say you know god is getting ready to bless you because eyes have not seen and ears have their oh they got the word mm -hmm. no it's a cliche that we have used we haven't even understood mm -hmm. what that means yet right and so we have the a real true prophet brings revelation in their correction they bring revelation in their direction they bring revelation so if you're not doing those three truly i can't call you a prophet Right. Something, something is wrong with that. And the reason that I want to make sure that that was clear for, for how we see what a prophet is is because until the body of Christ goes back to a place of understanding what a true prophet is, not someone with a prophetic gift. Is all right if I, hit, if I hit the difference real quick? So the way God gave it to me is this in terms of the difference between someone with the gift of prophecy and someone who holds the office of a prophet. He gave me the analogy to use in terms of counseling versus psychology. Mm-hmm. A counselor and a psychiatrist do the exact same job. The difference is, is the authority level that a psychologist has and a counselor doesn't. A psychologist can diagnose you. A psychologist can write prescriptions. 
A psychologist can admit you into a psychiatric ward for further evaluation. A psychiatrist is used in court to decide whether or not someone is insane or not. A psychologist has a level of authority that accounts counsel do. They do the same job. It's the authority level that's the difference. The gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet, the greatest difference is in the authority level. The gift of prophecy can hear and see in the spirit realm and call what they see and speak what they hear. A prophet has the authority to speak into the spirit realm and cause it to be. I think it was uh, uh, Joshua, if I'm not mistaken, who was able to hold the sun in place till, till Israel won the war. That was a prophetic mm -hmm. kind. That was a prophetic move. Mm -hmm. There's nobody who had that authority to be able to stop time, mm -hmm. but him, because the prophetic office on his life. And so we like this is why I say we have too many people not understanding the office, and so we have too many people who have these dreams that what one dream has come to pass, or something in the dream has has somewhat come to pass, and so now I'm a prophet, or I, I said something one time and it came to pass, right? So now I'm a prophet. You're missing the point of what, what a prophet is. That? is. Where, did, where, did, where, where, where do we get <laughs> away from maturing? Mm -hmm. As we can get in, we can talk about leadership next. Let's get into that next one. The next one. So you know that's a good segue because we almost yeah, had our time yeah. anyway. So we're gonna hit, we're gonna hit this break up real quick. We're gonna come back with a continuation of this plus the new topic all rolled into one. We'll be right back after these quick messages from Real Talk. Hey everyone. So jewelry will not only enhance your outfit, but also your mood and confidence. Maya Jordan, your favorite paparazzi consultant, has all the fabulous looks at an even more fabulous price. Also, ask me how to join the winning team and make your own income. I love what I do and you can too. Add me on Facebook. Again, my name is Maya, M-A-Y-A Jordan, and feel free to inbox me for more info. All right, we back, we back. All right, so we're going to go ahead and roll right into the second topic while we are yet still covering the first topic as well. And so the second topic says this, and this is one of my favorites because mm, you have no idea how much it just, just irritates the mess out of me. Why does the church have so many leaders, both locally and globally, but have so little power? It, uh, <laughs> That's a mouthful right there. It, mm, first of all, I believe it's because we don't understand, again, what kind of part? piggybacking what we were talking about in the last topic. We don't understand the role of a leader. Mm -hmm. We don't understand the, the roles of these offices. Well, is it, is, it, is it a fact of understanding what a leader is, or are we just have people that want the benefits of the title? I think it's, it's a combination. I think it's a combination of both. So, uh, part of the reason I believe that people want to do it and not do the work well apart from the fact that they're lazy i'm not going to negate the fact we got a bunch of lazy folk in this generation right but the leaders before us didn't really expose to those who were coming up to be leaders not everybody but those who were coming up to be leaders a lot of the hardship you're gonna have to face a lot of the work that has to go into it mm -hmm. it's like i remember when i was coming up and i watched my pastor labor the word of God. But what I also got to see, and it's only because of, of my father's connection, was I also got to see the stuff behind the scenes that pastors have to endure. It's one of the reasons I ran so long from being a pastor. I got to hear and see those early morning phone calls because somebody's in the hospital or somebody's in jail or something or somebody got shot. 
I got to see, I got to hear the disagreements and the betrayal that sometimes happens because all you did was give the word of God and they got upset because you told them the truth. And now you're all kinds of everything but a child of God. When I prophesied and I prayed good stuff over you and I spoke life into you, I'm a man of God. But when I correct you, now I'm a bastard. And so I saw those things, but those things now have become hidden. The things that most pastors don't want to, most leaders period don't want to let go and let down so that those who are coming can see. You don't, you don't need to let everybody see it. But those who are leaders, prophets, who what we were talking about the last topic, the reason so many people want to be a prophet is because, yeah, they don't understand the magnitude of it. They don't understand the magnitude of it because those who are true prophets, the few that are left, Mm -hmm. Haven't exposed, yo, this is not an easy thing. Do you understand how heavy the burden of the weight of a word from God really is? Do you understand how precisely you need to say exactly what God said? Because moving one word from what God told you to say can cause your prophecy to be a lie. And now you're a lying prophet. There, those things aren't exposed. So yes, it's, it's understanding, but we also have lazy folk who want the shine. They want to be Michael Jordan without the work. They want to be LeBron James without the work. They want to get it naturally and not have to put in the work. Uh, I think we ha had a portion of that conversation in one of our last episodes, and I used Randy Moss as my analogy. Like, Randy Moss is a ridiculously gifted receiver, but Randy Moss is not in my top three wide receivers because he was lazy. All he did was run a few routes. He didn't know how to run the entire route tree. Yeah, you give him a streak. Yeah, that you give him a streak, you give him a post, something downfield where he can run fast or jump high. But when's the last time you ever saw Randy Moss run a five-yard out, a five-yard slant, 15-yard hook? You don't see these things because he, he doesn't have the ability to do it because he never put in the work behind it to be a Jerry Rice, to be a Terrell Owens, to be a Chris Carter. He never put in that kind of work. And this is what we have as well. We have people who see the glamour, who can do a couple of things, who can hoop a little bit, who can sound powerful when they read a scripture, who may be able to give a book report that sounds like a message. And so they, they, they live off of that, but don't live off of being a leader. And we lap it up as the people because we have stopped expecting of our leaders to be something. We, we, we let them get away with anything, saying anything, living any kind of lifestyle and doing anything. We don't expect anything from our leaders as well. So mm. why, if I'm a lazy leader, why should I have to live up to something you don't expect? Mm -hmm. Right. Run my slot. Let me just run my slot. That's all I got to do. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, just, I'm just here to get paid to do that. Once I do that, hey, I'm here to preach you under the benches. I'm here to make you feel happy. I'm here to get that dude on the hammer organ to play them chords and get y'all to shop. Did I do that? And I did my job. I don't care if you if there's no substance behind what I preach. Mm -hmm. I don't care if five minutes after service you still go through hell because nothing I said affected your life. Because now it's just become almost something that's up for for formality in, in some cases. Absolutely. And, and I think I think too. I think we have a lot of people that from when we grew up, we didn't see this many people being leaders. Thank Let you. alone this being this upper enchilada of, of spiritual hierarchy, if that's a, even a, a, a thing. Uh, upper what? Upper enchilada of spiritual hierarchy. Upper who? Upper enchilada. Echelon. Echelon. Say, say the word right. Do, 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 do you know what? Don't say it that way. Just say higher tier. It's not hierarchy. That's what, that's, that's, not hierarchy. 
hierarchy defines order. You're talking about well, I'm supposed to be the apostle probably for that order. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you want the higher tier? You don't want yeah. you don't you don't well, want you know higher. You know, people, this people, that's the thing. But I think a lot of that has happened because if you remember, this being a minister in the church was not only an honor, but there was work to it. Especially if you came out of Baptist church. You may see somebody being a minister for 10, 15, 20 years. I think we have lost the laboring factor of being in, in ministry, of being a leader, or the process of even laboring to get to that position mm-hmm. of labor. And I think if you really want to be an authentic leader, there's an element of labor. And every true leader should have true labor. The fruit of that should be shown through your leadership of labor. What have you labored that shows who you are? Because at the end of the day, you can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself, but the fruit has to show and be produced out of your life. If I, if I can call apple tree an orange mm-hmm. all day long, I'm still wrong. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I can be convinced this is an orange tree. It tastes like apple, look like an apple. Everybody else may know that this thing is an apple. You're wrong. And I think that's how sometimes we have gotten to the point that we have chosen so much error to the point that we have convinced other folk in our air. Um, and so we just have to be very careful. I just think it's just as leaders, I think we are we are now the minority as far as how we think mm-hmm. than, the, than the majority. And I think that's just because of the backgrounds that we come from of man, woman, and God that we've seen that did it right. And there's a large majority of people that want to take, like Jesse said, the Randy Moss routine. Let me just run my slot. Let me just run, let me just do my thing. There's some people that, that don't even know the difference between preaching or being a preacher and versus being a pastor. <coughs> man. You could be a great preacher but don't mean you're called to be a pastor. Those are two totally different things. Mm-hmm. I know some phenomenal preachers, but they're not called actually to be a pastor. I think one of the issues is that we've equated popularity in the church with leadership. Mm-hmm. That's a fact, too. Whenever somebody gets a certain following or gets to a certain status of, of relevance, so to speak, um for whatever reason that has now become the gauge of someone's fitness to um, be a leader. Mm -hmm. And that is to me one of the saddest places for us to be in Um, because leaders are no longer groomed (coughs) or nurtured. They're, what's the word that I'm looking for? Manufactured. That's good. Um, and so you know, and 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 I'm I'm watching it all the time. You know, I'm watching, and we just cut off the subject of the prophetic and all this other kind of stuff. But you know, especially as it pertains to that, the I'm just I'm not at a place of understanding how. You know, we when I grew up. Um, you know, to be a leader in the church, you know, you had to go through some things. Mm-hmm. There was some criteria you had to met. For one, you had to be saved. Let's let's just start there. Start the the bare bones basics. Let's let's start at the bare bones basics. You had to be saved. Saved for real. Like and real. saved for a while. Yeah, yeah. You um, you, you know, I was on um um my um coverage <coughs> website, and I was just looking at uh, some things, you know, in terms of um. Just trying to see, you know, in terms of, you know, things that I might want to implement on our website, kind of steal some ideas. 
But they were mm-hmm. talking about um, they they had a section on their website about serving in the church, and it lists the criteria of serving in the church, um, and it you know to be able to serve on any level. You're not mm-hmm. talking about just associate ministers or whatever the case may be. We're talking about serving in any capacity, whether you want to be the choir, praise team, all that kind of stuff. You know, in the list of qualifications, talking about um, baptism. Um, what else? Um, being a member. Being a member, completing, uh, you know, new members classes, all this other kind of stuff. And then it gets down to um, supporting your pastor. Um being a faithful biblical giver, all this other kind of stuff. Matter of fact, let me, uh, I'm going to see if I can, um, somebody talk until I get to it and then I'm going to come back to it. Okay. So like, I, I want to jump back on something you said, Jay, and actually you, you hit it too, JC, uh, in terms of, and I'll say it the way that I heard it, um, being a servant to be a leader. I know that the term servant leadership is, is, is a, a catchy thing now. Um, it's a term I actually hate. For the way that we talk about it, but that's a whole other story. Uh, I remember when I'm com- when coming up in, in in just in the church, and even as it was, uh, even as I was being groomed for leadership, uh, there were things that you did, kind of like the Mr. Miyagi uh, Danielson type thing, where you're doing things that have nothing to do on the surface with the thing that you're aspiring to do, until you put everything together. I remember when leaders had to be the ones to help clean the church. You wanted to be a leader, you had to clean the church. You had to set the chairs up, or you had to you had to do these types of things. You shovel the snow in the dry in the parking lot, cut, help cut the grass. <coughs> you and what it showed was your ability to sacrifice, because as a leader, you have to be willing to sacrifice. And so, if you can't do the menial tasks, how can you be trusted to do the great things? Mm-hmm. And so we have a bunch of people now who, who, like you said, you be saved and be saved for a while. We have a bunch of people who get saved on Sunday and want to start prophesying and starting their own church on Thursday. And the only reason it takes them that long is because it take, took them Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to research how to start their own church. Because I got a word. No, you don't. You just barely know Jesus' name at this point. Mm-hmm. But now you have a word. Come on, and it's, it's not. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God can't use and won't use somebody newly saved. But there is a hierarchy and a protocol that God does. I've never, even when, even when God called David to be king, so so we can use young people and people who ain't, who haven't been doing something for for a long time. He called him as a child, but he didn't step foot in the office until he was thirty something. Mm-hmm. Moses was called. But it took Moses forever to get to Pharaoh. There was a grooming period. Jesus was Jesus. All Jesus' mm. natural life. 18 years after the temple was when we finally see Jesus, quote unquote, operating in his ministry. Because he was also being groomed and tutored and trained in yeah. his natural he, to be he, able to do the he work. Goes, and so what happens is that <coughs> it says after, after, um, after, after he does this thing, the Bible says... And the boy grew. And the boy grew. And then Jesus goes off the scene and comes back. Right. Next time we see him, he's what, 30? 30. So from 13 to 30, we don't see Jesus on the scene. Mm-hmm. 
And even when he comes back on the scene at 30, he's still kind of hesitant. Mary says, hey, little Jesus, we got, they they got something wrong. Basically, she said, there's there's an issue that needs to be taken care of and you're the one that can do it. And he says, it ain't my time yet. Mm -hmm. Even though apparently it was because he did the thing, but it ain't my time yet. Right. Because he understood once I, once I do this, that's it. We off and running now. So here's what I was talking about. Go ahead, sir. Um, these are the requirements to be a servant leader in this church. Every servant leader should be a converted and committed Christian. Not just converted, not just say you say, but being committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, every servant leader will be a faithful biblical tither. Every servant will be a vocal and visible supporter of pastoral leadership and vision. Oh, that's crucial and key. Yeah. Every servant leader will not only actively attend and participate in, uh, in worship services, but will lead their uh, ministry in doing the same. Um, every servant leader m- uh, must have taken and or is currently enrolled to take all required courses for leadership. Um, every servant leader will have a personal plan for spiritual growth and development and will discuss that plan with the executive pastor immediately following election. So not only they want you to have a personal plan for spiritual growth and development. Mm-hmm. Every servant leader must have been a member at least one year prior to election and must be able to document through the uh, attached ministry services form the ministries in which he or she has been active during this time period. Um, and following the church's principles, principles of the church covenant, every servant leader is expected to walk circumspectly, you know, as Baptist, walk circumspectly in the world to be just in their dealings, faithful in their engagements, and exemplary in their deport, deportment. Every servant leader will work closely with the staff minister, follow church leadership as the leadership follows Christ. Every servant leader will attend all council of ministries meetings. Every servant leader will all and volunteers and staff who work <coughs> with the church, children and youth are required to complete child abuse prevention and intervention uh, training. So these are the criteria for being in ministry mm-hmm. in, at this church, which means if you don't meet the criteria, you don't, don't you don't minister, you don't you don't get to operate. Mm-hmm. Now you can join a church, and within a week's time, Bruh. we're placing you somewhere. Mm-hmm. You're in full operation because that's the only way I can keep you. Mm-hmm. Cause the church down the street will put you up and do and have do something with you. So I better yeah, put you somewhere. Because now become a thing of well, I'll just go there somewhere else. But the thing is, is that if we're talking about and we're bringing it back into the subject at hand, is that this whole microwave way way of doing ministry is the reason why there's no power. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why where there's no substance, <coughs> there's no power. Food if you walk into a Baptist church right now, mm-hmm. a real Baptist church, mm-hmm. there's reverence for the house. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. You know, your kids ain't going up there to play. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody walking on no pews, none of that kind of stuff. Because there's they they set order in the house. Mm-hmm. The same thing with Church of God in Christ. These other dom- dominations, no, the, where there's where there's substance, 
that substance. That's right. Mm-hmm. There's power and there's reverence. Mm-hmm. And the reason Order. why you don't see it now is because there's no substance. And where there's no substance, there's no power and there's no, there's no reverence. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing in today's church. And we're talking about why there's so many leaders and little to no impact or little to no power. Well, then we have to really reclassify what leadership is. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Maya's eating pot roast right now. <coughs> okay. She, she's eating pot roast. Um, it's really good pot roast. I know it because I made it. Put my grandmama's foot in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Went to the grave. Chopped the off. <laughs> bring it back. Put it in pot roast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Put my grandmama's foot in that pot roast. Mm-hmm. It's the potatoes, the green beans, everything. Right? Mm-hmm. Now... It took me all day to make that pot roast. And because I cooked that pot roast, and I'm not talking about crock pot. I'm, yeah. I'm one of those people, I do everything in the oven. Mm-hmm. You know, I do pot roast in the oven. I go in, I got stages of preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, first- That's a word first, in itself. Yeah, there's stages of preparation. First stage is, you know, of course, I'm gonna clean my meat off. Mm-hmm. Second stage is that I'm gonna season it up a little bit. And then I'm going to put it in the uh, skillet, let it braise on each side of the of the meat first, mm-hmm. just to give it a little little something of crunch on the meat, on the it's exterior. Marble, marble, yeah. yeah. And so, and then I'm going to re-season it. I'm going to put it in the, uh, in the pan. I'm going to add a little bit of broth to it, maybe a little bit of water, some more seasoning. And then I'm going to let that cook and sit for a couple of hours, maybe two, maybe three. Just depends on what I got the oven on and what kind of pan that I'm cooking in. And I cook that in an aluminum foil pan. So I let it sit in there for three hours, okay? Mm-hmm. At the three-hour mark, I take it out the oven. I slice it. I slice it into nice, like, two-by-three-inch slices of, of beef. I slice it. By the time it's 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 almost tender, but it's not quite the tender that I want it to be. I mm-hmm. slice it because before when I slice it, I take my final mode of preparation in terms of seasoning and then adding the peppers and the onions and the potatoes and all that kind of stuff to give it its final flavor. And then I put it back in the oven for about an hour and a half to two hours. So altogether, we're talking about a maybe six to eight hour process. Mm-hmm. I start the green beans at about the, the the five or six hour mark because I do fresh green beans, right? So, you know, those got to cook, you know, a yeah. certain amount of time, get the flavor down in them or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Now, I said all that to say this is that I could not accomplish what I accomplished with that pot roast and potatoes and green beans in a microwave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it, I could cook it in the microwave, I could season it the same way and all that kind of stuff. And it would be done in less time, but the meat would be tough. There'd be no flavor on the interior. Mm-hmm. It would just it would just be nasty, really. Kind of like J. Jordan's chicken that we, we yeah, put up yeah, on the pole yeah. not too long ago. And so because I took, I took time, on my chicken. time in preparation, <coughs> it's what gave it the impact that it has now. Like if it was if it was just microwave, you can't you can't reheat no microwave pot roast the next day because it's really gonna be tough. And mm-hmm. it, it just yeah, I've had tough tough pot roast before. If I had somebody invite me over for dinner and made pot roast and it was just tough and I was disgusted because I'm like, bro, did you really 
Like my bad, man. Mm-hmm. It was just one time. The first time I cooked pie roast. Nigga, not you. No. See how easy it is for you to lie. Uh, I mean, just quick. Yeah, yeah. And unnecessary. And so, and so it, it's disgusting. It, it's a detestable thing to do to have tough pot roast. But because I took time to properly prepare it, mm-hmm. and I wasn't in a rush with it. That breach. That pot roast is probably one of my most desired dishes for people to eat. Like, I just, one of my old supervisors, she follows me on Facebook. She lives in Phoenix. I told her I'll be out in Phoenix soon. And she just got a new house or whatever. And all I did was message her. I said, hey, I'm coming to make pot roast in your kitchen. Bet. That was her response. Because she knows that when I come and prepare it in her kitchen, it's going to be done right. It's going to be the best pot roast she ever had. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. people can only vouch for that. If I give to them something that is properly prepared. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem that we're having in the body of Christ right now is because now the reason why the church does not have the power and influence that it's supposed to have is because we're trying to shove down people's throats, things and people that have not been properly prepared. And because they, they have not been properly prepared, they do not have the impact that they're supposed to have and the influence that they're supposed to have on people's lives. Now, people have a bad taste in their mouth with church. There's no power. There's no influence. There's no substance. There's no nothing because we keep force feeding people what's not been properly prepared. You made a post and we kind of had a topic similar to this a while ago. And you made a post and we joked about it, even in its sincerity, that articulates that as well. Uh, how are a bunch of you and I'm paraphrasing the the, uh, the post but you said how are a bunch of you being elevated to become bishop and Marvin Wines is still a bishop elect and he's been a bishop elect all your life which means he's been and he's been a bishop elect almost all my life too like so how is that a thing what's the case and and people who don't, don't understand that would see that as a dig at Marvin mm-hmm. and it's not he's being prepared and waiting his time not to rush it literally actually goes into the message I, I dealt with today when i talked about having to change mind i dealt with the prodigal son and the first point i made was is that he decided to take on something he was not ready for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. give me my portion now. well the, give it to me now and the problem with that was is you get an inheritance when somebody dies but before they die they're supposed to prepare you to be able to handle the inheritance you're getting ready to get and you know the thing about it? I think people know what their inheritance is, and I think because they know what it is, that means now. Mm-hmm. There's some things God can reveal to you that does not mean now. <laughs> well, that's the thing they don't understand, to understand about God. God will almost always reveal it to you ahead of time because he mm-hmm. wants you to start preparing for it. It is much easier to prepare for something that I know is coming mm-hmm. than to prepare for something obscure. So God says, I'm going to give you glimpses of your future. But because we're such a microwave society, I want it now. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that like, if you start skipping steps, mm-hmm. you're missing necessary stuff that will prepare you and equip you and empower you for the process that you're going through. It, I, I say this all the time. The, the, the walk in ministry is, is, is like school, but it's not like school. And in the way that it's not like school is if you are smart enough in school, you can skip a grade. You can go from the fourth grade to the sixth grade real easy. Just be intelligent. And I, I've, as a, as a parent, I, 
I understand it because you don't want your child to be bored and you want to be able to be challenged and all that. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you're getting the intellectual challenge, but you're missing steps. You're missing the social uh, uh, capacity that you're supposed to learn, the ability to, be, to, have, to understand social cues and, and, and deal with people uh, that, are, that are your peers and, and know how to handle them and handle these situations. Now I'm going to move you up early because now you're going to wind up being a sixth grader or a seventh grader in a freshman or junior, a junior high school level with junior high school people or high school people mm -hmm. in the sophomore and freshman year. They're dealing with hormones and they're dealing with sex issues. And now you're, ju you're just learning that women no longer have cooties. And now I'm thrusting you into a position where you have, where you have to deal with and hear hear about sex and the whole. Life. I'm setting you up for failure. Well, you know the thing about it is this: uh, I had a friend of mine who started school a year <coughs> early than he should. Instead of being mm -hmm. five, he was four. Now it was never the case. Of, who? <laughs> it, it was never the case of him of his intelligence. Mm -hmm. But they held him behind because of his immaturity. It was never the case that he didn't have the ability to go to the next level. He was not mature enough for the next level. And I think that's kind of how it was something. We have a lot of people that I believe that are gifted and skilled, but the immaturity hinders them from going to the next place. Hmm. People miss that and miss the importance of that. Um, maturity will take you a long, long way. It it really will. Um, and and I I really can attest to that, especially in this season. Um, lacking a certain level of maturity will cause you to hit a, hit a ceiling. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that God dealt with me on, um, especially this past year, most people know, I spent pretty much the last half of the year down. <laughs> for whatever reason, whether it was because of my back, my throat, or whatever the case may be, or finding about uh, other illnesses and stuff like that. So I spent really the last half of my year, 2021, grounded. Um, so much so that I wasn't even preaching. I had people preaching for me. Um, but one of the things that God dealt with me on in my downtime was growth. Mm-hmm. And I began to study the eight stages of growth and things of that nature. And and and, and so uh, one of the things that I've learned <laughs> is that even though I've accomplished so much over the past five or six years or whatever the case may be, completely turned my life around in terms of finances, all that kind of stuff. One of the things that I realized is that there was still a level of immaturity in me, even still now that God is having to work out of me because it caused me to hit a ceiling. Mm -hmm. And it, you you never know how frustrated it is. A lot of people to know that there's more above where you are, but you, you can't, can't press it. through it or get to it because you're in your own way. Mm -hmm. And that's the place that I was in. It was like, I know that there's more. I know, and I'm not talking about more in terms of possession or anything like that. It's just a, a, a realm in the spirit, even a place in God, you know, and perhaps even a place in God that used to be familiar that I've been trying to get back to. 
Um, but there was a certain level of maturity that it required mm -hmm. of me in order to get to that place. And people don't realize how much immaturity uh, is in, a, in and of itself a ceiling over our lives. Um, that it makes it hard for us to press through into different places and different spaces in our lives unless we're willing to grow up. And it rings true um, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I reasoned as a child, I do it, I understood as a child, I did all these things as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And this is one of the things that one of the hardest pills that I had to swallow, especially this year, because I, I enjoyed being petty. I enjoyed being childish. I enjoyed being playful, all this other kind of stuff. But then I realized that I'm a 37 year old man with children of my own mm -hmm. and in so many ways operating in childish like capacities. People have to understand, even with that, with what you said, especially with the scripture in itself, that putting away the childish things doesn't necessarily mean the desire is gone right away. It means you have matured to a point where you are trying to discipline yourself to say, though I want to do it, I'm not gonna do it. I wanna be petty. I wanna I wanna strike back or or I wanna sleep with my teddy bear still or not have the nightlight or whatever the case may be. I, I wanna not pray as much as I should, but I'm gonna discipline myself to make sure I do it. So I'm gonna put my desire to still be a child mm -hmm. and I'm gonna put it away even though I want to do it. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest marks of maturity and one of the greatest marks of adulthood, whether you're talking about in the natural or the spiritual, is the ability to hold back on your desires, delayed gratification, they call it. I'm gonna, I want this now, but I'm going to hold back because it may not be good for me or I may not need to do it anymore or whatever the mm -hmm. case may be. I, I'm holding back my desire because something better is there for some better reason. And we don't have that anymore. But the reality is in the body of Christ, there's no reason to have it. Mm -hmm. You can go to almost any church and just grab. Matter of fact, forget go to a church. You can go online, take a quick quiz, get yourself a license and start yourself a church. I, when I when I came down here to Georgia and I found out because uh, last year we uh, we licensed a few of our members. So I licensed an evangelist, I licensed a minister, I licensed uh, an elder. And I was like, okay, so let me find out how what I need to go through in the state of Georgia to make sure these licenses are valid here. But also, one of my members was in Tennessee, so I need to make sure the license would also be valid there so they can do the things that people who are licensed are able to do, you know, perform marriages and go to the prisons and all that type of stuff. I found out this is what they told me. There's no paperwork. There's no process. You just have to say that you are one. As long as nobody questions it, you're good. I said, what? Yeah, yeah, as long as nobody questions it. And if they question it and you can and you can show them some certificate, we're good. There's no number on file. There's no there's nothing that says that you actually have this position and have this authority that you claim to have. You can just go ahead and do it. This is what we are working with within the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And yes, this is why we have no power. Because there's no sacrifice, there's no there's no model, there's no There's no work to it. There's no work to it. Mm -hmm. Whatever you work to, you value to. That's right. Mm -hmm. You know that's fast. And I think you you don't value anything that costs you nothing. Mm -hmm. That's just the it's kind of <coughs> that's the reality of it. Yeah.
And so I was um, I was thinking about a message last week. Well, I've been thinking about this message for quite some time now. I've been trying to find it online everywhere I can't find it. I even reach out to this this bishop's son and say, hey, I need you to dig in the archives. I need to hear this message. Um, but it was a message, um, and I think that is relevant to where we are in a body of Christ because home is a place of comfort. Home is a place mm-hmm. of, um, it's where we find our, 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 our we relax at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the current state of the church has become home for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We've gotten comfortable with where we are. Um, we've gotten comfortable with not being relevant. We've gotten comfortable with not having influence. We gotten comfortable with not be, not operating in power. Eddie Long preached a message um, some years ago called It's Time to Leave Home. Mm-hmm. And it was when Jesus, Jesus says, do not think that I came to bring peace, but I came to turn mother against daughter and mm-hmm. father against son. And in essence, what he was saying was, is that there were some ways of the mother that were not conducive to the daughter's destiny mm-hmm. and likewise father the son. And so the message was, it's time to leave home. It's time to leave that place of comfort. It's time to relieve that relaxed state. It's time to leave that place that that's gotten you so complacent and and lazy um, and stagnant. It's time to leave that place. And I've been thinking about that message heavy mm-hmm. uh, for quite some time now. And it was and it was a message that I needed to hear <coughs> uh, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also a message the body of Christ needs right now in this season because I had gotten complacent in my walk and my call, my purpose. And things of that nature, knowing that I could be effective on the level that I was, that I was no longer reaching. I was no longer for shooting for anything greater. It was just like, this is where we are. I've reached a level of, of effectiveness and we're cool here. And what God was saying to me all along is that that's immaturity speaking. Mm-hmm. It's time to grow up. It's time to leave home. It's time to leave the nest. And I think that that's what we need to understand in the body of Christ right now in this season that we're in. It's time to leave some things behind. There's no way that we will ever be as powerful as we should be operating in a place of complacency. There's no way that we'll ever be as effective as we should be operating in a place where, where people do not grow. Because that's that's really what it is, is is that the the um, the the church has become a place that has enabled a lack of growth of its people, and that's why there's no power. I don't think that it's just a leadership thing. I believe that when people see believers, they should see power. You know that because that's ultimately what the question is: is why why are there so many leaders, and no no why are there so many believers, and no power? Well, I think the, the uh, to me, 
and I'm, I'm a start at the leadership kind of a person. And, and I get what you're saying, I agree. But the reason there's so many people without power is because there's so many leaders without power. Because as leaders, what, what part of your job is in part what's in you into the mm-hmm. people? Well, if I got no power, I can't impart power into you. I can only give you what I got. Mm-hmm. And so the people have no power because the leaders have no power. And the leaders are the ones who are supposed to know how to go get the power. The leaders are the ones who are supposed to be able to lead you to get the power. But if I ain't got it and I'm too lazy to do the work, become the blind leading the blind. Become the blind leading the blind. Mm-hmm. And so now I will associate myself. With, oh, thank you. I love that. Um, Nicole Carter, Lady Extreme, she makes a statement all the time. I, I, I know she probably isn't the person who coined it. But since she's the person I always heard say it, I'm attributing it to her. She used to always say, if you are the smartest person in your circle, change your circle. And for the longest time, I understood it, but it didn't really click understand it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you get the concept of something that doesn't really make sense, didn't really really applicable to you. That's how it was from until, until like a few years ago. It started to make sense to me. The reason that you need to change your circle isn't because you need to leave those people behind. It's so that you can get more. If you're the smartest person in your circle, who is pouring into you? Who is dealing with you? Who is the one who is diving in and, and making sure that you are stronger and you are greater? You really posted this while we're talking about leadership. I was wondering what he was doing. What he do? What are top you. five movies? This nigga's in a movie and TV show, Greek. Talking about what when you hear talking about leaders and lack of power in the church, you the reason. Why. You the reason. We can't, you can't even focus. Oh, wait. What, what you, you what you missed was while you were talking, I was going I was going to address it when we got off air. But since you since, since you aired them out, while yeah. you were in the midst of talking, you were you were going in. And I'm listening. I'm engaged. And I have to look because you know, I'm, I'm I'm always looking around the room. Maya's looking. She got her hand on her mouth, just watching you. And Jay's got the phone in his hand, looking like he's watching TV or something. <laughs> Just watching. I'm like, what is this dude? Maybe he, maybe he's, li- maybe he's checking something out for something he's getting ready to say. No. Nope, and that's just- another thing, like for real. And now, and now, this is like you know, Jay. I'm talking about a church culture period, man. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm learning that I'm not as radical <laughs> as you thought you were. as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And there's just certain things that I just no longer like to see in church even from myself i've found myself mm. in 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 worship atmosphere not being on my phone not being on facebook making jokes all that kind of stuff mm. just because like now he want to act like he engaged mm. <laughs> <laughs> no because it's like do we disrespect god that much <laughs> I'm hearing something. Like no, while you're talking, I feel like I'm hearing some is something from my headphones or something like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's music or something. I don't know. Go, go ahead, keep talking. It, it just it rattled me for a second. Like why, why am I it's hearing like, something? Do we surface? disrespect God that much that we cannot give to Him our undivided attention and our worship? Yeah, like, it's it's crazy to me. We, we absolutely disrespect God in that manner. And don't care is a problem. And we have mm-hmm. done it. And we've made it cool to do. Like I've been, I've, I've honestly been there for a while mm-hmm. in terms of that. And I'm an audio video guy. Like I grew up, one of the first ministries I was involved in as a child was audio video. My dad taught me from five years old, 
audio video, right? So I understand the necessity for it. And I understand the necessity for capturing certain moments. But it bugs me when I go on on Facebook on Sunday or on Monday and the worship is taking place. Somebody decided I'm gonna pull out my phone. I'm gonna take everybody else worshiping. Mm-hmm. But you ain't worshiping, and you're not the camera guy. Yeah, this I, isn't I your don't job. understand that people when when people capture the praise break, it makes me cringe because Man. I'm sitting there thinking, how is it that everybody <coughs> is in the flow, but you. you, and that ain't even your job. And then it's gotten deeper because now we've gotten to a place where now not only is it the people doing it, the musicians are doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna take myself playing. Look how good I do this. And I'm gonna react to how good I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, you hear me do that chord? Oh, you hear me do that riff on the drums? Yo, what? How are you engaged in hearing from God for your skill set to help move and usher the move of God into the place? And you really care more about people getting, giving you these likes for how you play. We care more about the opinions of others. There, there's a. Uh, there's a pastor I saw, I cannot remember his name. I saw him a couple of weeks ago on Facebook Live and he was on his personal Facebook page, not the church's Facebook page, because they have their own kind of, you know, <coughs> own setup. But on his, on the pulpit, he had his phone taping him. It was direct shot up here. And I'm trying to figure out why. When you already have the cameras in the church wow. to do so, why do you need this one here? What is the purpose? Right. And you could see him just looking down, not looking down like so so I'm guilty of this to a degree because I keep my tablet up when I do some, when I do my service. Right. But I also allow questions. Right. And so I'm looking at the live to see if I'm missing any mm-hmm. questions. I have myself looking, my wife also looks. In case there's a question we catch, let me answer this question. Right. He was looking to look at himself. Right. Because in the middle of the music, he'd exhorted, exhorted, and God, and hallelujah. And, and when, when he decided to let the music play, he looked down at his phone and gave the phone a wink. I said, I'm done. I'm we, done. We've really gotten got yeah, really disrespectful with God as it pertains to our worship um, and what we do, what we allow in his house. It is so not about him. Um. In fact, the teaching I'm going to be doing tomorrow is going to be talking about the thing, what should happen, you know, when people come to church and we're there in the presence of God. And and, uh, one of the first things that we deal with is conviction. Mm -hmm. That is the first thing. That's the word I hear that much more. Yeah, yeah, that's the first thing. Conviction. Because anytime anytime (coughs) you you step into a holy place. Mm Mm-hmm. As an imperfect, sinful person, there ought to be a level of conviction. But the thing is, is that people don't feel like they're stepping into a holy place anymore. And the just, worship services are being tailored to people. Man. Oh, my God. And not God. And so you have people at the beginning of services having these talk show, talk show style mm-hmm. uh, discourses and trying to engage the people and all this other kind of stuff, giving out toys and raffles and all this other kind of stuff. I actually seen somebody do a raffle before church. Yeah, that's a big thing now. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like, we're not here for them. Remember when you serve, you just start with prayer. 
Service used to what start with prayer to that? and devotion. Yeah, man, we used to pray so many times throughout the service. I was just getting used to have that. the opening prayer. <coughs> no, no, you would have the prayer before the opening. Yeah, prayer. the prayer. Yeah. You walk in the prayer. door. Service had to start. Prayer. The mothers were on the People altar. People was walking around. walking around praying over the atmosphere, and then you had invocation. Yes, right. Which yeah. was the opening prayer. And then you had layperson's prayer, mm -hmm. which is just just in case people showed up late. There was a prayer before between mm -hmm. then and before the person preached. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you had your you know sermonic selection. And then the preacher would get up there and he would pray <laughs> yeah. before delivering the word every time. Yeah, yep. you know what I'm saying. So it's just like it it's become more about and and we see all of that. And this is not the, mm -hmm. you know, well, I guess I, I always associated people with all these theatrics they got going in their churches and stuff like that. Well, it's not shady. It's, it's just facts. It's there's just too much show. Turn the lights on. Give God his glory. That's 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 all I'm saying. Yeah. It, it, it don't take all. Because I don't need your God don't need all. God don't need all that. That's right. Mm -hmm. If you got to spend all that money to engage people mm -hmm. with the holy God. Who ain't even checking for your light ministry? There's something is wrong with the atmosphere that you are setting in that house. Mm. I don't care. Yeah. How, there's no other way for you to shake it. Mm -hmm. That's a fact, Doc. That's this a fact. is this is this is this is not a concert. This is not a spectacle, a show that we're coming to engage. You are coming to worship, mm -hmm. and so because. Church has been tailored toward people and not toward God. There is no conviction. There's no more. Why do you house. think they had to go through so much sacrifice as they entered the tabernacle? Mm -hmm. There were so many different levels of sacrifice that they Man. had to go through before they got into the holies of holies and to mm -hmm. the mercy seat of God. If we had to do half, Man, listen. of what they had they to would, endure, they would have turned back around. Man. As a youngster, I remember Dr. Lewis always saying this. He said they would sit for six and seven years to learn the atmosphere before they were ever allowed to play in the temple. And so, they, and, then, and then they would sit there, and, and then people make statements like, "Well, you know, we got to engage the people. If if we don't do something, how is the people going to be engaged, or how are they going to feel led to, you know, participate?" Blah blah blah. And, and but you know what, man? Listen, and this is what so blessed me about Old Testament because we see the power of His glory in the Old Testament in such a way mm -hmm. that we don't see in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible said is that they would be in their prayer chambers, the priests, and they would they, the, the glory of the Lord would so much so encompass them mm -hmm. <laughs> that as they walk past the train filled the temple, temp, temp, like come on. And so one, we gotta get leaders back to prayer. You know, that's the issue. One of the things that used to one one of the things we we do um, as 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 leaders is that we would pray together before service. Even now, mm -hmm. though we say we're setting the atmosphere, 
All the leaders, everybody that had that was participating in any capacity in that service, we all got together and and we prayed. And once we prayed, it was game time. I don't care if it was still 30 minutes left for service to happen. Once we pray, it's game time. You don't go out there and start socializing and cracking jokes and none of that kind of stuff. No, you are in game mode. You are, it's time to go. It's time to be in ministry mode and all in ministry focus because that is what's going to captivate the people we talk about trying to engage the people here's the reality of it to me it's not about engaging the people Mm -hmm. well see when you have something good Mm -hmm. people will come to the thing that's good Mm -hmm. uh the 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 field dream movie if you build it they will come yeah yeah jesus said if i be lifted up Man, listen. I'll draw. I don't listen. You about to make me have a Baptist fit up in here, Jessica? Because I, I don't. I, I know it's we yeah. use it as a cliche. But you think? But when I hear that scripture, that, well, well, I'm ready to. I'm ready to go. Ahead. If I be lifted up, not I, if you. And, and I made a post on Instagram last week, and I said, "Here's an unpopular belief: you cannot rebrand Jesus." Yep. And shouldn't even try. You cannot rebrand yep. Jesus. It, 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 he is who he is. You don't gotta be ready. And if you lift him up and you exalt him and you give him his proper place in your worship and your ministry experiences, guess what? Don't they know. will come. They will. He is Jesus is the biggest draw we got, and we don't yeah. use him. And here's the thing. So the problem has become for me in terms of leadership and no power, and even with that, is that we and we're over time, but I'm sorry, because it's just too good to stop right now. Um the problem has become that leaders don't understand who they're called to. Mm-hmm. So if I lift up Christ mm-hmm. and he said, I'll draw all men unto me, right? Mm-hmm. What he's going to do is he's going to draw the people to you that you were called to lead at the time you're called to lead. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll lift him up and three come. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll lift him up and 30 come. But the problem is that nobody wants to see the, the three. the consistency of lifting them up too. Mm-hmm. All you just can keep lifting them up. Mm-hmm. They gonna come. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to see the three come because I'm measuring my worth by how many I get in the door. Because yeah, right. you you measured off of your popularity, you measured off of the numbers, and now we think if if you have a church of thirty, you're a failure, versus a church that has three thousand. And not knowing that, to be truly to talk, be truly honest, you may not be ready for that, or you may not even be in. It may not even be your in your range or spectrum to have that many at one time. God showed me years ago, and this is why I do high praise like I do it. He showed me that every pastor, every preacher that is truly called by God has their niche. And this is the way he showed it to me. He said, it's just like school. You have elementary school teachers. You have middle school teachers. You have high school teachers. You have collegiate teachers, master's degree, a doctorate degree, the whole nine. Mm -hmm. Every level teaches at their level. Why do we have kindergarten teachers looking to have college draws? Look at the difference in the size of a kindergarten class to the size of a doctorate degree class. Mm-hmm. You you have auditoriums for some doctorate degree classes. Mm-hmm. You have a class of 15 or 20 for kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So I'm only called to teach the elementary stuff. Why am I upset when I only get the small? I can only handle that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm only qualified for that. I'm mm-hmm. only qualified, and there's nothing wrong with me only being qualified for that. Mm-hmm. So everybody who teaches kindergarten can't teach in the doctoral type of class. Today. That's correct. That's that's for real. And so why is it that that, that I feel like I have to we, we we have to stop comparing ourselves to other people 
who weren't called to do what we're called to do. But mm-hmm. you, but you know, even with even the teacher metaphor, a teacher's <coughs> success is not measured by how many students they have in their class, but how many students have retained information. Thank you. If all fifteen have retained information, the teacher has deficiently done their job. Mm-hmm. It's never about how many I can draw in my class, but those that I have. Are they at selling and advancing to the next mm-hmm. level? Well, here's the problem, and, and this is, and I, I know I, I sound like I'm shameless plugging again. This is what God, why, why God has made high praise so different in this regard. We give homework assignments. What's you what, give everything on the service? Well, I mean, but I mean, no, but legitimately after service, they have, all my all of my members after they have reached a certain point of being a member, mm-hmm. start getting homework assignments, and the homework assignment I call a reflection. You have to email to me. Mm-hmm. what you got from the service mm-hmm. and how you're going to apply it to your daily life mm-hmm. and any questions you didn't get to ask in the midst of the message I want those questions so I can answer them and give you a better understanding of, of the word that God had brought and what I do is I tell them if you don't ask any questions you're not going to get a response from me in the email mm-hmm. because the email is more for me it's to let me know how effective I was in the presentation of the message and I am gauging your growth by what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. So now I know the next time around, I know what areas I now need to hit for you. I know how I need to deal with you. I know in one-on-one sessions now, how I need to address you and deal with you. Because that's how I promote growth. That's what teachers do. A- after every lesson, they mm-hmm. give a test. Mm-hmm. Based off of the test, they know, oh, well, you need some extra help. So mm-hmm. let me spend some time with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're excelling, so I can move you a little faster. I can, you're ready for certain other responsibilities. Mm. We, have, we're, we're, we say we're trying to grow people as leaders, especially as pastors. We say we're trying to grow them, but really what we want to do is lecture them. That's so crazy because I, I just recently started back in school. Um, I just, tomorrow I'll be finishing up my second week. Um, got all my assignments in, glory to God. Um, but the <coughs> one of the assignments this week, last week we had to write a reflection mm-hmm. paper, right? Mm-hmm. One of the assignments this week, because each week mm-hmm. we have discussions, um, but on every assignment, the teacher provides feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the writing assignment this week was that we had to reflect on the feedback that she gave concerning the lessons we had already completed. Mm-hmm. Right at right a three page reflection on simply her feedback for answers that we gave her. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. And that's really college level stuff. It is. Because I'm just like, what? Like, and so she wants you, she, in other words, what she's trying to do is make sure not only that we knew that she graded our work, but that we paid attention <laughs> to the feedback that she gave us. Mm-hmm in order to help us be successful going forward in the class. Because that's the gauge of a great teacher. Mm-hmm. A great teacher is, and, and, and Jay, I wanna modify what you said just a little. You said that a teacher is 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 graded by the retention of the student. Mm-hmm. It's not just by the retention of the student. It's also by their effectiveness in being able to apply what they retained. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I say it that way is because coming up as a kid, we had memory verses in, in, in Sunday school. And you got points for memorizing the verse. And as I grew older, I started to get angry at memory verses because I knew all these verses, but I didn't know what they meant. Mm-hmm. 
what good does it do to know them and not understand them? And so to me, I graded, I grade myself as a teacher, not just by, do you remember the message? Mm-hmm. Are you applying it? But how you apply it is, is what mm-hmm. I said, able to help you apply this thing to help you grow. So now I can look at you and say, I know you're ready because I've looked at your growth pattern, not just by what you have said, but mm-hmm. how you have walked this thing out. And for me, and I, I'm not saying that every pastor got to do that, but for me, I also can now mm-hmm. look at the reflection and say, when you first started giving reflections, look at, at how you were looking at the messages. Mm-hmm. Now that you're ready, look at the detail. Mm-hmm. Look at how you're understanding. Before you were just, oh, the message said, the message said. Now you're saying, I'm getting from and I've grown in this way and this is how I, what I saw in myself that needs to be worked on from this message. That to me helps me understand how well I'm doing as a pastor to help mold the people to the place that God wants them to get to. So when I, so when I elevate a leader, or elevate someone into leadership, I now know that they're ready because I've seen the pattern of their growth. Mm-hmm. That's not something that I, I see a lot of pastors doing, whether you do it the way I do it with reflections or mm-hmm. you're counseling in one-on-one sessions with the people who are called to be leaders. I get ministry classes and leadership training classes. I get that, that's nice, that's cute, I love it. It, it needs to happen, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, where is the one-on-one engagement that helps you as a leader see that this person is ready for leadership. Mm-hmm. This is what's missing why there's no power because there's no engagement as well. Mm-hmm. Leaders don't have engaged with the people who are, who are being called to be leaders. We just want people with the titles so that we look good. And, be- and they don't lead. And they, but they don't have to lead because mm-hmm. I want you to have the title so I look good. Mm-hmm. As, as, as there are churches, and you, you know who I'm talking about, there's a couple of them that we, we've known coming up in Columbus, where there's churches church of like 20 people and 16 of them are leaders. Ordained leaders. Huh? Why you got 16? You, you got 20 people in the church total. Why you got... That, that don't math right to me. Maybe they just breed leaders and send them out. So why they still there? <laughs> right, maybe they... Everybody in leadership just goes into community during the week and work and then they come back on Sundays and talk about what they did. There, there's, there was a whole lot of talking about what they did but it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't homeless. Uh, <laughs> but to me that's that's crazy because if you have that many leaders and you are not producing more people coming in or more people really for the kingdom period you got some ineffective leaders which makes me question you as a leader right. because you ordained them. Mm-hmm. And you're allowing them to not do anything. And I always tell people all the time, man, you gotta be you gotta be careful what you co-sign. Oh man. You gotta be careful what you co-sign, man. And and it you know, one of the things I don't respect about people <laughs> is that when you have certain conversations with people about certain people, and then you know, there appears to be a consensus about this person mm-hmm. in particular or these people in particular. And then you see that person go out and, you know, publicly support the foolishness that they privately condemned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, to me, makes me lose more respect for you than them. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to make sure they know exactly how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For one, 
But now I got to let you know how I feel about you. Because one of the things that you're not going to do with me is play both sides of the fence ever. Like, you're not going to sit here and have a private conversation with me condemning one thing that you're going to publicly lament. Like, you throw your public support behind it or whatever the case may be. Now you're all on a status congratulating or tagging them in posts and talking about this or whatever the case may Spiritual be. Spiritual politicians. Like, like I, don't, I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't quite square for me. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have that level of fake in me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you felt comfortable enough to be that fake in my presence is really an ins- insult to me. Because, nigga, what? No. That's not what we do around here. Mm-hmm. Like, you're so not going to come to me with private condemnation or something. And we have a private discussion about it. And then you get out there mm-hmm. and you want to, sure. you know, bandwagon. Like, I don't understand that. No, if you felt a certain way about somebody or, or a certain position or whatever the case may be, took a certain position in private, <laughs> take that same position in public. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, what you are is an enabler mm-hmm. to foolishness. You can't sit here and talk about and preach about and prophesy about people operating in foolishness and being fake and fraudulent and all this other kind of stuff. And you do these types of conniving things behind closed doors because that makes you just as fake and fraudulent as the person that you were just I would, I, I would say more so because more so. you the person being fake oftentimes is being fake because for whatever reason it's it's uh, either they don't know any better or they're just trying to fit in and i just don't have to i don't have to play nice with everybody i'm sorry like i don't i don't i don't have to be cool with everybody where everybody doesn't have to be my friend no mm-hmm. if 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 me telling you the truth about you makes you not want to befriend me then that's fine but at least that, you know the truth th- then we, we weren't really friends in the first place like if i can't take your your assessment of me from your from your perspective especially mm-hmm. if it's corrected Mm-hmm. then we ain't really friends in the first place. I should be able to tell you the truth as I see it. Mm-hmm. Whether we agree or not. A great example is me and JC all the time. There's a ton of stuff that we don't agree on. Mm-hmm. And we try to get, we, we get at each other's necks about when we, have, when we have certain discussions. I'm not switching up who I am. JC knows that. JC ain't switching up who he is, which is why you get some of these explosive moments you sometimes get on this podcast where we gonna be who we is all day long. But I respect him for that because he's because I've never had a discussion with him on air that off air he ain't felt the same way. Right. That in in other conversations or his posts that I see on Facebook, it ain't the same energy that he that he had during the podcast. Right. But people don't do that because I again church has become this popularity contest. I need to be popular. I need for everybody to like me. I need for everybody to like me so they can receive the Jesus that I got. And the truth of the matter is everybody go. My, my wife says this, but I love how she says it. Some people just going to go to hell. Somebody got to go. Like, you, you don't have to be comfortable with it, but just know somebody got to go to hell. Yeah. And so that means everybody ain't going to like, they didn't, everybody didn't like Jesus. What, may, what makes you think they're going to like you and you ain't him? This dude was feeding folk. He was healing folk. He walked on water. He did nobody wrong ever. You cussed somebody out six days ago. What makes you think people are going to like you more than they like Jesus? Mm-hmm. Those are facts. So, 
Uh, we've been way over this time, so let's go ahead and close this one out. Uh, any final words before, before we no, hit I'm this good. break? I'm good. I'm good. All right, cool. So we're going to hit this break up. We're going to come back with the vaunted Real Talk banter. We'll be right back after these messages. Melodies from the Heart, the first official EP by Jesse Jones. Download your copy now from iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever music is downloaded. If you love love, make sure to pick up your copy of Melodies from the Heart by Jesse Jones. I promise you, you'll love it. All right, we back, we back, and here we go. Oh yeah, I forgot. This is for you, Jay. <laughs> yeah. And we back. All Did right. Did you do that last so, week, last episode? No, nah, I've been cutting back on it. Oh okay. Just cause I, I've been I've been leaning more into the all right, all right, we back, we back. Then the laugh. I don't know. Just changing up. We'll see. But we here for the Even real some talk. Stuff in last year, huh? Even some stuff in twenty one. No, no, it made it over twenty two. Just just change some stuff up. But anyway, so we here with the real talk banter. All right. Oh, snap. About to be good right here. Uh, we'll see. I don't, listen, I think every real talk banter should be good, but it don't mean it is. Yeah. I, just, I just think the topic might up being interesting. There's some other stuff that I would like to, that, that I want to bring with y'all, but I don't know, I don't know it'll, if it'll make for a good conversation mm. um, some of these different scenarios that I, from podcasts I listen to. But anyway, so here we go. Since we just finished the Super Bowl, and I want to put there on record that I was right. I, I, I called it. I called the Rams winning, oh. and, and if there's a comment I made on on my cousin's page that I called the score, I was one point off. Yeah, I've seen that post. You said he's one point off. One point off. I had I had the Rams at twenty four, not twenty three. Mm. Anyhow, so uh, there has been, and the reason that this topic came is because there, I feel like the further we get away from stuff, the more people forget how great stuff is. Like the further we get away from Michael Jordan, the, fr- the more we diminish his greatness. Though the old heads still try to keep his his legacy real high, nobody ever really believes because people haven't seen him play in thirty years. So well, you know it's it easier. 30? It's been about thirty. Yeah, it, it's 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 easier to say with empirical uh, conviction that LeBron is the greatest of all time if you've never seen Mike play and you don't remember him playing. Like I have no problem with people who think LeBron is the greatest, mm-hmm. but I take the opinion of those who have seen Mike play and say LeBron is is better, a little better face value because they have it to compare it to. So after the Super Bowl, uh, the the halftime show with 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 Dre and and Snoop and mm-hmm. and, and company started being taunted or excuse me started being touted as the greatest halftime show ever. And immediately I got upset mm. because I remember Mike's, and I was like, "Nah, dog, how you gonna put them over Mike? Wait a second, how you gonna put them over Prince before you? Because I thought Mike's was better than Prince's, and how you gonna put them over Mike's and Prince's? So we came up with the banter. What's the greatest Super Bowl halftime show ever? And I had three, and then JC he tossed in one. At first I thought he was joking. Ooh. Oh, 
And so he said the who, and I was like, man, I uh, I thought he was joking at first. But then I went back and watched these bad boys Big back, Rock? and so yeah, who, uh, uh, the who? So and uh, honorable mention because I'm only gonna give four. But honorable mention because my wife is upset with us for not having Beyonce's uh, uh, uh Beyonce top did a heck of there. a job. She did a heck of a job. Yeah, yeah. Beyonce did a heck of a job. But first, I had to correct her because she was thinking of Bruno Mars that featured Beyonce. As opposed to Beyonce, it it wasn't that good. Beyonce by herself was was outstanding. The church world hated it because that's when she was really Illuminati and the devil. But it was outstanding. So honorable mention to her. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shortchange. I'm at least gonna mention her. But she didn't make the list. So top four that that we're gonna choose from to say which is the best is Michael Jackson, Mm -hmm. Prince, Mm -hmm. The Who, Mm -hmm. and this year's. As, LA connection as the goat as the goat as the goat who you got and why we're not going to go into process of elimination because I don't think that's ne- necessary you can deal with your process of elimination if you want to as a collective before you come to your but I'm going to let one of y'all go first um, I w- for the record for those who are listening we went back and rewatched all of these yeah. so that we can have a fresh opinion and when I tell you after going back and watching these Man, it it, 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 it uh yeah 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 it really it, did it, it really it did it it, it wasn't as clear cut as I had originally gone into with the vitriol. I, of it. I, you know, one thing I wish <laughs> I wish might would have had another crack at another halftime show too. I think man. anybody deserved a second a second one. I think might deserve two because the Bruno technically's had two. Bruno had a few. Yeah, <laughs> but I think Mike should have had at least another. another, another but uh, Mike was too big of a name. Like, the, so I watched this countdown. I don't mean to cut you off, but I watched it, yeah. when I watched this countdown. They were they were that they were listening. They talked about uh, Mike and the position that, and the reason the position they had him in, and they said the reason that Mike was brought in to do the Super Bowl halftime show was because they wanted him to help them elevate their numbers because the previous Super Bowls, their 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 numbers as a whole, not just the halftime show, the numbers as a whole were in the tank. Yeah. So he came to revitalize the entire Super Bowl entity. And he did. Uh, Jay Z, you want to go first? No. <laughs> all right, I'm. I'm well, I need one of y'all so I can, so I can get my list together for right, the next so one. I'm going. I'm going. Gotta go with Mike. Prince, Prince is a is a very 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 close second. The, the thing that the Mike had over Prince. And what we seen last night was that crowd participation. That crowd participation might have been one of the greatest crowd participations I've ever seen. You, you, I don't you, know because you forget to turn around and did the uh, did it. It was but, it was, but they, only, they, they only had but, half the stadium. No, they did the whole thing. They did, but the, but but they got the blueprint from Mike. Mm-hmm. So to his point, uh, it's still saying he. But you, did you not hear the crowd singing "Purple Rain" for Prince? Yeah, but they so that, is that is that like crowd participation though? Well, see, the, but the thing is, the reason why I can't give it crowd participation because the people, I mean, who's not gonna sing uh, "Heal Heal the World"? <laughs> like that's that's cheat code. Yeah. Well, for, he brought the kids out <laughs> from different nationalities, got the globe in the middle of the thing. <laughs> who's not gonna sing "Heal the World"? <laughs> But for me, the crop situation wasn't, wasn't that part. Purple rain in the rain, in the rain, 
and the whole crowd singing. Yeah. But like, but the crowd participation for Mike for me wasn't the fact that he had everybody singing "Heal the World" with him. It's it he got the entire stadium to flip over the sign on time. Yeah, perfect without practice. Uh, so I get you. I, 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 so you say Mike, but so so what disqualified the other ones that made Mike? Oh, besides crowd, it had to be more than just crowd participation because well, that's I mean, that's your I mean, criteria. I mean, you got you got think, you got to think of what Mike did. If it was not for Mike, the halftime show would not be what it is. He set the tempo for the whole thing, mm-hmm. so he is technically the grandfather of the halftime show that we know it. Because we looked up the history. We look up the, all the other halftime shows, college bands, and all these cats you never heard of. So Mike made it to be the thing that you had to be a part of. So if, if you take Mike out of the history, we wouldn't have these quality shows. So he is technically blueprint. And not only that, he is one of the greatest entertainers of all times. I mean, he is he's just hands down one of the greatest entertainers of all times. And even though this is 93, it still holds up. You got. I think about, don't know about that last statement. I can. It still holds up for a nah. performance. For a performance in '93, uh, what he had to work with. See, so so not, wait, 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 because you put a qualifier in it now. When you say for what he had to work with, that doesn't mean it holds uh, holds up. It means it was excellent for the time it was in. Holds up means I that what, like, that whether you watched it in '93 or 2022. What he had to work with. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But think about this. <laughs> I'm just saying. But think, if we're gonna do that, <laughs> think, think about this, Jesse. Though, know, if you if you take Jack Mike's '93 performance, it's still a lot better than a lot of other ones. It's still a lot better than a lot of other ones. It's so, still so the, 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 the question has to be asked though, and this is what Philanda wound up asking me. And I know I keep mentioning a whole lot. Hi, Philanda. Uh, is 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 it, it does it hold up in your mind like that because he's Mike or does it hold up because the performance was that good I don't know I, I really don't know like I think I think I, I, the performance was good but I think it holds up more because it was Mike because if you stick anybody else whose name is not Michael Jackson or Prince in that performance you're not giving it the reverence that you give it now well they're not going to have the talent those two guys had either to execute what they had. So let's take a dance. If you put if you put Usher or Chris Brown, who are arguably Michael Jackson clone type dancers, uh, Chris and you get I ain't never seen uh, Usher be compared to uh, Robert oh, Jackson. He, he has, but Chris my, Brown, my, my, Mike absolutely. Mike, Mike helped work with Usher with him dancing. Usher has said that. That, but nobody has ever put Mike and Usher in. The oh same no, no, I'm not saying as good of a dancer category. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. No, no, I'm not saying. Chris Brown. Yeah. When, when Mike died uh, and they didn't let Chris Brown do the uh, tribute, <laughs> folks was upset. Niggas I get was upset. <laughs> and then when BET finally let him do it, everybody tuned in for it. Yeah, like I, so, so when I'm saying clone, I'm not necessarily saying that it's that on man. his. I'm not saying yeah. necessarily it's on his on on his caliber. I'm just saying that our Usher and Chris Brown are probably two of the greatest dancers that we got in this generation. What Beyonce? No, no. Beyonce is a is a choreographer. Yeah, yeah. She, she she's she she's does a great performer. Great. Yeah, performance yeah, performance. She's not, she's not no. a great dancer. But but to to a degree, so is Usher. Okay. He doesn't he he doesn't do what Chris Brown does. Yeah, Chris Brown's unique beast. Chris Brown is a whole different beast on his on his own. 
But but to that point, uh, Usher has. I can't believe him defending. Like Usher, Chris Brown is starting dance crazes even now, and they're blowing up on TikTok, and people trying to do the dances. Right. You don't got Usher doing that. Yeah, that's a fact. But I, but I still put I still put Usher as 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 a dancer and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, so that. that, so that's why I was he saying can actually put, dance. That's yeah. what I'm saying. If you put either go. one of those two, yeah, because when I think dancer in this generation, those are the two first two names that come mm-hmm. to mind. You stick them in Michael Jackson's performance because they got the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. We're not holding that. We're not holding that 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 up in the same light. I don't know. I might. I think Chris might do it. You think Chris it'll hold up as good as Mike's as yeah, Mike's head over think, the over yeah, the years? I think Chris might do. I don't think Usher would. No, I, I'm not saying the quality and of the, the performance. And the team breezy fanatics wait. are just as as as, as hostile yeah. as Mike's. So. I, I'm not saying that the, yeah. that the quality of the performance would wane. I'm saying that how we revere it yeah. would would drop. Chris like would. it's revered because Mike. First of all, I think it was Usher would drop, but I think if Chris Brown, <laughs> Chris Brown would definitely make that interesting. It make it interesting. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's gonna hold up for for thirty something years or whatever yeah, it's been. It would. You know what I mean? Because like Chris, Chris, Brown, it, Chris, it, that the tribute to Michael Jackson still holding in. That's been almost what twelve years now. But it's also Chris Brown doing Mike. It's not Chris Brown being Chris Brown doing but a performance. But but he he got this one on MTV. Mm. Yeah, he killed that. Him. When he as bad as Jay Z hated him at that moment, <laughs> yeah, he had niggas rolling. He could crowd. not respect, but her, be getting help, but to respect that performance. Okay, that okay. was like, even over ten years. Now. Yeah, because that when he flew in the air, that made niggas mad. He was flying in the air dancing. Yeah, so so Mike's is number one for you because of uh, uh, the participation. What else? Because the participation, the meaning of what it is for the making the halftime show, what it is, mm-hmm. um, and then it's just. The the uh, if we hadn't the Super Bowl had never seen a performance like to that degree, and that was the measuring stick. That became the measuring stick for everybody else that came forth. Okay, so real before I move over, JC, I got to ask. I got a question. No, I'm gonna you ask you before me. I'm going last. No, no, I'm going to last. No, nah, man, I'm going last I, on this one. I'm hosting. You can go no, last. No, you can go last on the next one. I, <laughs> you can go last on the next one. I'm going last on this one. I got to see what y'all say. Okay, okay. There's, there's still also a question I want you to answer. I'm still okay. going. I'm still going to come to you with the question. Okay. Uh, but I guess I'll come. I, I'll be nice and I'll go ahead and take it next. But you, it's a question I'm still going to have you answer. Is okay. So if Mike is number one. Where then do you rank this year's Super Bowl uh, halftime performance? Out of the four, at, you can say out of the four or in general period. But out of the, out of the four, we got is it is it second? Would, is it I last? Put, where you put? I put. I put it four. I can't put them over the who. Mm-hmm. I can't put them over Prince. Okay. I think I think what they did was one of the, was was a dope culture, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I would even dare say it might be one of the better ones last three years. That's not hard. Yeah, it's a very low bar. Yeah, it's a very, very low bar. But I I can't put you can't. I I don't think it was better than Prince and the Who. Do you think in the next ten years that performance will even be remembered like it is right now? Yes, because it was first hip hop performance. Okay, I'll take that. So for me, I agree. Mike's is number one, but not. It's not as. She did all that just to agree. I just had questions. I, I had questions tension. to see. Where, I had all questions to see. We had over here that too, but I also had questions to make to see where you were I coming know where from. Where's he going? I know where he's going. Uh, like it, it's not as clear CSI. cut as I as I thought it was originally. Like if, if before having gone back and watched this, 
you couldn't tell me anybody came close to Mike. It was Mike's hands down. But you and Prince. Prince, and but I, re, I resaw Prince and I resaw the Who's. Listen, let me talk about the Who first real quick. The Who's amazing. I'm not a Who fan. Like, they, they, they bore me. But the visual aesthetic of their performance was amazing. Was mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. It, to me, was the Super Bowl equivalent of Avatar. Mm-hmm. I'm watching mm-hmm. this light show, what they're doing. I was like, Dad, this is one of the greatest light shows. I, I'll Go back and watch that. Yeah. Whether you like the who or not, you cannot help but just be astounded by this thing. I was like, oh, that, their performance is, is a lot high. Now, I see why, Jack, like, like originally I thought, oh, you were just tossing out there as a joke. Yeah, okay, haha, the who will put them you know, in there. Who? Let's, get, let's give the white people something to say. But then I watched, I was like, God, dog, this is, and when they did Who Are You, and they had the Who Are You around, the, I was like, this is, I'm, I'm, okay, cool. Y'all, y'all, I give it up to y'all. y'all that, that, was, that was way closer than I thought. And then I remembered Prince in the Daggone Rain. And the wrap around his head for half of the show in the heels and still dancing and requiring his folk to dance, playing the guitar, and at the end of Purple Rain, throws his guitar. custom guitar yeah. and had look up face, better not drop it. Like you, sometimes people are so great that you forget how, how effortlessly great they were until you rewatch them. I'm watching Prince. Give everything and literally not look like he breaks a sweat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't strain it off of that performance. I'm like, God, this nigga done played three different guitars, danced, sang, got crowd participation, got his dancers in line, and barely broke a sweat. And I the, was like, in the Yo. words, in the words of CM Punk, <coughs> the Prince, that was just a Sunday. It man, <laughs> that's really what it was. And I said, to, I said to myself. This is really what you normally would get from a Prince concert. Yeah. Like he made, so the Who's was was powerful and, and awesome because of light performance, but that's not a Who concert. This was something special that they did for Super. We're going to make this big. Prince was like, I'm Prince and I'm enough. And this is what you're going to get. I'm going to give you a little bit of pyro because it's the Super Bowl, but this is what you were going to get from my concert. So here you go. Mm-hmm. And it was just, and the fact that it rained the whole time and he never slipped none of his dance everything was crisp from his dancers to everything mm-hmm. i was like yo the, the level of difficulty to the stage and i think they had special uh flooring on that mug or had to but i'm I, but the level of difficulty because it wasn't just like it was just down rain it was rain with wind mm-hmm. yeah. and so you, you know that the stuff is hitting him in the eye and the mouth as he's trying to and you but never see him it. flinch mm-hmm. It's like as the rain's coming, it sees his face and parts around his face so it doesn't touch him. His, the rain was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad, your prince, I can't touch you. Like, it, I, I was like, God, dog. But the, but for me, the reason it was Mike's is so, is so, Prince's level of difficulty elevated his, but at the same time, Mike's level of difficulty elevated his. First, let me start with the obvious. Mike had the body doubles. That was hot. Mm. Yeah. The way he did the body doubles on the screen was hot and then stood there for two minutes and just looked like Mike always does. Mike, like Prince, was like, this is just going to be a concert. You're going to be invited to a concert of mine yeah. for half the price. And Super Bowl tickets are ridiculous. And he's still like, that's, that's still half the price of what I charge to be front row at one of my concerts. This thing about it. He did that for two and a half minutes and they lost their minds. They never, the crowd never died now. At all. 
Like there was not a law from the crowd at all. Like he could have did that the whole halftime show, and like that would have been the halftime show. And, yeah. like, all right. and everybody would have been satisfied. Yeah, things would still be saying that was the greatest. <laughs> and, and there's also a, a, I've never heard this said of any other Super Bowl. Um, there's an urban legend I can't confirm or deny it, it's it's validity. I just know I've heard it that during Mike's halftime performance, the players at different intervals came out to watch him. I've not heard that of any other Super Bowl halftime yeah, I, show. Yeah, I can see that because Mike. Yeah, I, but I but haven't played. Well, like, they did you, this you know, year. They did this year. Okay, yeah. so I, that that would be the first one since Mike I've ever heard. The legend well, of Mike. you got you had to think about a lot of players grew up watching Dre and Snoop. So you know, to them, that might be the equivalent of how that was back in '93. Yeah, but like, so if you've ever, if you ever played and been in the locker room at halftime, yeah. coaches don't don't coaches don't journal like you to breathe, let mm-hmm. alone walk out to go see a half, Look, halftime. Said, that's you Michael focus on the game. That's Michael Jackson out there. And we talk about Jimmy Johnson, who was a hard nosed player. He was a player friendly coach, a hard nosed coach. Yeah, and I, I forget uh, the Buffalo Bills coach at the time. Uh, yeah, he these weren't coaches who were like, yeah, let's be. Yeah, raw raw players. No, these coaches were like discipline. No, go. It's Mike. Go ahead and go watch. Yeah. So there was also that, and the fact that he laid the blueprint for every other performance to come past it. It's hard for me to see anything else being greater than his because they're feeding off of this. They're not even necessarily uh, executing it better. If Mike had, like you said earlier, if he had a second chance, if Mike had a second chance to do a Super Bowl. With the technology we got now, bro, that'd have been crazy. To be out of this well, world. Well, if he did it like in like 2007, 2006, would be out of this world. So, yeah, and Mike's then you got to think about this too. You know, which, which is another interesting <coughs> thing about Mike's performance is that how many eyeballs he brought in that never seen football. All they cared about was this is Michael Jackson. Yeah. I mean, they could have boosted. That. I think that. I think really, not only did it say probably the Super Bowl, they probably say the Rays in general. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like he literally saved the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> like no one else on the list can say they, they saved, saved the, Super, the Bowl. Super Bowl. Like we called you in for 911 emergency, and, so and he like, was like, "Let me just do my thing." I mean, and so like for so for as far as this past year, it's like it for it for me was a cultural classic. It was for the culture. It was for us. It, it will was, always it go down really, for us. It was an apology because they should have They should have did that in Atlanta. Listen, they should did it in Atlanta. They should did it in Detroit. They should did a, a few different places. But it, so it absolutely was an apology. But for, it was cultural classic. Yeah. Like for us, it will probably always be widely revered as the greatest. Because but it opens it opens the door but, for hip hop hip hop acts to be the Super Bowl. That was that's yeah. what I think is gonna be. Really it it rebusted open the door and they're just go especially now that Jay Jay Z is, is able to really uh, uh, flex his muscle now with the NFL and so hey look 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 what we did we're gonna see more but it's still the reason I would I gotta put it as fourth my order is Mike Prince who then then uh, this year's the reason I gotta put it as fourth well one of the reasons anyway is half of the crowd didn't really get to see everything. Because the way the setup was, the house blocks yeah. the back end. And so if mm-hmm. I'm on that side of the field, I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. I got to look up at the, at the Titan Tron to, to see what's going on. I'm supposed to be looking right at the field. Why I got to look? So the mm-hmm. setup, was, it, it, it took away, because in my mind, I'm thinking visually, I'm, mm-hmm. it took away from how impactful it could have been. Well, I, it too, I get it, but still but, trying to, you know. But to, in that defense, though, for them, <laughs> It was probably better that way 
for the people because if you think of how big that stadium is mm-hmm. compared to all the other stadiums and the fact that most of those stadiums don't have centralized jumbotrons, yeah. uh, most of them are on the other opposite sides of the end zones and stuff like that, unless you're enclosed like theirs. They have the mm-hmm. largest... Um, they call it a millennium screen. Yeah, and it circles and, around, and the, whole circle around yeah. the whole thing. So they actually had a better view looking at that than they would have looking at the stage. Yeah. Or looking at a different end of the end zone mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. So uh, I think, I, I, I thought that was like, a, I thought about that, but I thought that was a minor thing. Yeah. I, I'm with it. So I, yeah. But I think, I think, I think it was the perfect storm. It, it's not only for the culture, but if you're going to have a football in LA, gotta have Dre. Who else symbolizes California? No, absolutely. My own my only other gripe in term and it's it's, it's petty because I had to nitpick to to figure out where and who and what. Um my only other gripe is so you got Dre. What you're talking this is LA, right? This 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 West Coast hip hop we doing with exception with the exception of M who only is West Coast by extension of Dre mm-hmm. and, and and Fitty who's a who's extension of Dre. Uh, I would have loved to have seen a cameo by 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 Cube. Yeah, yeah. I was looking for, and I heard that there may be a cameo by somebody. Like, man, you gotta treat, bring Cube out, mm-hmm. even if he just comes out and stands. And if and if not Cube, at the absolute for me, like gut bear bucket, bottom of the barrel kind of celebrity legend, well, bring out T. Ice mm-hmm. T. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both LA. You can't tell me they're not both LA. Well, uh, Ice T was like the unofficial sport uh, spokesperson <laughs> to telling niggas how to act when they got to LA. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> nah, that ain't how you do it, G. That ain't he how said, you just, do it. Let's just know that we got over 150,000 active gay members. Y'all better get out here and act like y'all got some sense. Right. <laughs> and so like, no, I mean, I, I, I definitely, I definitely see that. Like, I think that it would have been, it would have been dope to see Q. I think it could have been dope to see T. I think it could have been dope. It would have had to be Q. Yeah, T. Q. Mm. Well, I'm saying that's what I said. At, at, the, yeah. at, the, at the at the but very T would have been nice, but Q would have been one. Q would have blew it off the thing. And only other thing right, I would have loved to have crazy. seen with it would have been, and I don't know how they would have would have incorporated maybe a mural or something, but maybe a, a snippet of something of his, especially because it's so fresh, Nipsey. Mm-hmm. Give something to Nipsey. Uh, I, see, I thought some, they, some I thought they would pay, pay homage to Nipsey or something. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was like it would be an automatic. They, they didn't. I felt like it should be. So for me, because of those missed opportunities as well, I couldn't really recognize it outside because there was so many. It, it could have been a time bang too. So, uh, so, but where doing a portion of his music would have been a time thing. They had the house. They could have put a picture up of Nipsey, put it on the side yeah. of the house, something. Mm-hmm. So that, or even on the, they had the great big uh, map of LA on the floor. Yeah. You could have put a section with Nipsey's face on it, something. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I get it, but because of those things, I couldn't rank it as high as I really wanted to for the culture. So it's gotta right. be four. Right. So you up. Y'all ready for this? It's the who. He, he analyzed them. It's the who. I know oh, it is. He picked it, so it's got to be the who. It is the who. It's the who. <laughs> <laughs> the who. It gave the greatest. And I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad at you for it. I'm really time. not. Who's your second? I, no, let me tell you why. Who first? I, and I'm not even mad at you for it. I really because the, the who didn't have to get out there and do nothing, but, be but perform. Mm-hmm. Be the who. But old, to, but to old, that to, oldest heck. 
They them old men got out there and sung. Well, to, to that play their instruments. To that point, though, did all Michael, all Mike and Prince did was just be themselves and just perform. They didn't do I'm anything saying, extra. Them old men. <laughs> the only Mike visual effect where they had was the lights. Yeah. There wasn't no no people on the field, no fans, no nothing. The only 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 crowd participation was the whole stadium singing their songs. Who are you? Not just that song, but all of them. Yeah. They got out there and they performed. In fact, I think they might have gave them the, the performance so good, I think they gave the who more time than anybody. No, in terms of super rare performance. Mike had 19 minutes, so who had 16? Well, it felt like theirs was longer. <laughs> <laughs> it did feel like a long set. Bro, that thing was crazy. Yeah. It was just them. There was no marching in, no none of that kind of stuff, no bringing no fans on the field. It was just uh, them she on the ground. performing we got someone in the all the, their greatest hits for 16 minutes or wherever, however many long. It was just, it was it was phenomenal. They played all their instruments. He bought, he whipped out the harmonica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he did. And he played the heck out of that harmonica. Yeah. But they were so excited to be on that stage. The energy that them old folks gave, boy, man, listen. <laughs> Made the nursing on brown. Listen, listen. I, I, listen. When I first seen that, when it happened, man, it was. And then, not to mention, I'm a CSI man. Mm-hmm. They played all the themes of CSI. <laughs> Las Vegas, listen, Las York. Vegas, New York, and Miami got show love. Who do you know? What performance do y'all know represented three major cities <laughs> from, from one band? And wasn't another the three cities? <laughs> like that, like that was so crazy, man. That performance was so <coughs> phenomenal. And the reason why I say it was phenomenal is because they didn't have to have much to make it phenomenal. Yeah, the stage and the lights and stuff like that is one it thing. Was, it's simplicity. But that was it was it, it was as it was it was it was simple and impactful at the same mm-hmm. time. Like then they had nothing really else fanfare wise, like realistically. But the lights was enough fan for I'm be honest because the the light show was had to be in in the multi millions of dollars. Yeah, of, but you know it uh, was in, uh, that light was that light show was really triggered by the electricity behind their music because if you watch the light show, it was it was doing everything their music was doing. Yeah, but 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 I mean in, in terms of cost because like if I'm if if I'm uh, the head of, the, of of Super Bowl Productions and I have line items and I'm de- deciding. Which is more cost effective to pay for, the light show or a stadium full of niggas with, with a cardboard with a cardboard sign to flip over? Mm-hmm. The cardboard sign is way cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in terms of fanfare, I, I I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't. Well, I'm not even talking, talking about. about I'm not even talking about just the cardboard signs to flip over. I mean, you got to think, Mike and them brought people out on the field. They had people that was dancing. Then they brought the cheers and out all this other kind of stuff. Even Prince had people on the. Uh, on the on the field dancing and, and stuff like that like it was a regular concert but no it was just them center of the field everybody else stayed in their seats mm-hmm. and it was just an electric atmosphere mm-hmm. so i'm going with the who i'm going with the who so I'm, I'm i'm curious like jay does you have an extra question who was your who was your number two my number two was prince okay so mike is three or four mike is three Wow! No, at Prince is two. I can absolutely see Mike. Yeah. Mike is three for me. 
All all he did for us is just is just switch places to who and Mike. That's really all that happened. Yeah, we had Mike first and who three. He has who the who first and Mike third, like that. I now I here's the kicker. They're gonna take my Negro card <laughs> and my hood pass for this. It already did when you put the who above three black groups. <laughs> right. <Three> black. <laughs> this year's don't even make it in my top five. Yo, wow, I, no. I'm I'm wow. not mad at you. Like wow. because because I was relegated to I can't believe out of the Church of Atlanta, the no, pastor. Because I was relegated to the four, to these four, that's why that's why this year's was four for me. But I'm with you, didn't make, didn't make my top five either. It was so it's top ten for me. I know. Here, 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 here's here's the truth of it. It is what drove the relevance and impactfulness of it was not just because it was the first, it's nostalgia. But to be true, be told, the real pop came from I, him. I had to watch it. I had to watch it. Uh, you know, away from that first mm-hmm. seventy-two to ninety-six hours to to make sure that my judgment <laughs> of it was not skewed by the nostalgia. Because, right. like, I loved every bit of it. Like, if you would ask me this on Sunday, it was the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. Just because I was in the moment, like yeah, it was a great moment. moment. Was, I, I rock with everybody that was on that stage musically, like mm-hmm. even Fifty. Yeah, like that was we had Monet there. Yep. Yeah, everything. Yeah, we had. He so, got a shout out. So, so real quick, explain because 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 y'all, y'all hip hop heads more than I am, and I I've been dying to find out the answer. This nobody I know, and I know some hip hop heads could help explain this to me. But suppose uh, there's supposed to be some meaning, I guess. Behind it, and I, I just don't know it. Why in God's name did Fifty start the thing upside down? The what is the, what's the thing? The music video when he first that was the first song that he dropped in the music video. He was in like a prison yard or something yeah, like that, down. and he was upside down on a bunk like doing his Thank workout. Because yeah. I was like, I was confused. I swear, yeah, it was a tribute to the, his music video. Okay, so good. I, I, when, when you said yeah, so it reminded me that I had to. So yeah, it was a tribute to his, you know his first <laughs> first you know music video coming out. So yeah, so that's why. Okay, but I mean Monet did a phenomenal job though. Monet and Eminem did did the best. So like, the, I'm 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 with you. It, it, after you get past the the nostalgia and the cultural impact of it for the moment, it was just a regular hip hop concert at that point. Yeah. And and honestly, a and really the, the, the really the main event really was M. If you think about it. When M gets on the scene, That's M and Kendrick, and, and, he, and the M reason, and Kendrick and, stole the show. And the reason why is because M doesn't do a whole, especially now. M don't do a whole lot anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to see M do, and you know he's gonna have to do the hits. It's just that when you uh, hear his music, it's, it's like it's different. It's a it vibe. It's different. Yeah. Like when he came out and lose yourself. That like the band, the band, the band. <laughs> you ain't seen a band that excited the whole show. The whole show. But when he came, when he came out and lose yourself, man, they was I was like, oh, they got me in it now. But even like on a, on on a technical aspect, like I I I didn't say anything about it because I knew I was going to get crucified for saying type of stuff, and, 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 like posting about it while everybody was saying it was the greatest, and I was going to give all my reasons as to why, and I just shortened mm-hmm. it to say. Y'all must have forgot about Mike. Now, like, I, I, I do want to say this. Can I finish my point first? You just jumped in. I didn't, I, all I did was a setup. I hadn't even said it yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, a lot of the technical stuff of it was off. Mm-hmm. Some of the dancers were off. Mary was off and out of Hello. breath and a whole lot of this. Like, it was... Hmm? Well, she it, just it was lost just, her son. Now, what her losing her son got to do with her... She's distressed. She's having banter. 
He got <laughs> shot by her husband. I mean, golly, he's in distress. Yeah, you, yeah, Get you your husband. What, how you find what's going on in Mary Jane's life last six months? She's going through some stuff right now. It didn't happen yesterday? Yeah, last week. Get your husband, please. He must not be fond of Mary J. And and for the record, Mary J. As an artist, she shines best when she's in distress. So no, that does not. That's not a. That that's not. A, that's not a a. a she got uh, kicked uh, out of her house for about yeah, two weeks. Had to live with a baby daddy. People don't day. like happy Mary. They like depressed. Hurting Mary, her stuff comes out better, no, and, and no. not that I wish that on Mary, but you can't you can't use that as an excuse because that's when she shines the most. No, she was just out of shape. It happens. She's allowed to be. She's earned the right to be out of shape. No, but she was off. Her dancers were off. A lot of the dancers were off. Not yeah. just her. The dancers down on the field, they was it's off. Yeah, and so when you look, when you get past all that's like, uh, uh, the audio wasn't great. No. There's a lot of there. There were a lot of things and factors. Now here's just what my theory is. If they do a Super Bowl back in Detroit, which I don't know they're gonna do anytime soon, but if they do, M got a headline. He won't. I I think he will in Detroit. <laughs> he and for y'all who are wondering what the background is, that's JC on the phone. We're just gonna keep talking over why he doing it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're trying to stall for time. I have muted his mic, but you know we we won't we, keep trying. We're trying to, to stall for time over here, but. <laughs> This is the type of stuff that I was a good editor. I would just edit out, but I'm not going to do that because I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm it's six it man. It adds flavor to the show. No, no, it adds unprofessionalism because this is just. But this is this is what we are. This is what we do. We we're, we're not produced by anybody but us. So you know, you get what you get. Yeah, professional flavor, potato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's the next part of this uh, of this banter you have going on? All right. So it's going to be you. Um, I'm I'm start with you because I still gotta I still gotta add one. So uh, if you could assemble, mm, okay. you could assemble your. Are right, you ready? Are you, right, you oh. don't? Oh, he can ready to pray. So test Lord, whatever it is. Maya, go ahead and take your seat. So you because so you're gonna be you're just gonna we're gonna toss you in it. So be so. So Maya's laying down like the pastor's crew sub. Don't do me like that. You kind of are. Hey, I mean, it, it, facts you're are facts. Like, but like the Austin theory of the group. Wow. I'm not touching that. So uh, where's my egg? I'm, I'm I'm gonna let you go last. Give you some. Give you a chance to think a little have bit. You, have you? Have you? watched Jim Cornette Experience? I don't. Brian Laz has this imitation of Vince Man's voice, which is hilarious. Oh, it's, it's so he like Vince be talking like. Kind of how Vince sounds. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. <laughs> so, so I live for it every day. What's the question? So, so here's the banter. So, the second banter is if you could assemble your own halftime show and you can use any artist and you're allowed up to five My God. from every genre, living or dead, what is your lineup? And you have to answer who is your opener and, and who is your closer. Okay. All right. Jay, you first. So. Opener. No, give, give give us your list first. Okay, then tell then tell you open. Okay, so uh, it don't have to be in order, right? Nope. Okay. So this will be Kanye West, Michael Jackson, um, Chris Brown, uh, oh shoot, uh, it's Kanye West, Michael Jackson, Chris Brown, um. 
And I got two more, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's five. Um that's my blank. Um This is why we told you to write it down. No. But I know I'm open up I open up with Kanye I open up with I, I don't know. Kanye West, Michael Jackson, Chris Brown, and then um Jay Z Beyonce. Okay. Who opens? Mike opens. Reason why Mike opens. Mike opens, he's gonna do beat it. Billy Jean, pretty young thing. He transitioned from pretty white, pretty young thing into good life. Okay. And so we go into that, into good life, stronger, can't tell me nothing. And with can't tell me nothing, because he's on the track, ZZ has to be there. Transitions into ZZ, yay, Jay. They're going to do a couple of joints from Watch the Throne. We bring out Beyonce. And we have at all the same time, Beyonce, we close out with Chris Brown. With him and Mike dancing and singing a song. Okay. The the reason why I, I picked those five is because of, because all their music transitions to each other mm-hmm. seamlessly. Because in one way or another, they either sampled or worked with each other or are inspired with each other. You have two of the best dancers of their generation mm-hmm. opening and closing. You have a legend, Michael of the eighties and nineties. You have Chris Brown, the legend of the of the two, the, the two's in that. <coughs> All of them have strong fan bases, but different in variety. Kanye has his people, Mike has, but they're very loyal and different variety. You can't tell me when you go from pretty young thing into good life, that the place ain't going to lose their mind. I can play, tell you, I, I absolutely can tell you that. I mean, it doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that. Pretty young thing. <laughs> First of all, that was one of the very few songs you don't see Mike perform live. Because it's just an okay song. It's not one of the songs, you, when you think of live performance, you don't really think it might perform a pretty young thing like Because PYT is just an okay song. Yeah, but I'm saying, but since it's a sample of Good Life, it would make sense that they transition songs. But it's just an okay song. Yeah, but I'm saying but I, for, I, I'm, I'm just saying that you, you said it that you don't see him perform it live like it is one no, of his my, best well, songs Maya, ever. Well, because Maya looked at me and I was like, you know, when you Because think it's just an okay yeah, song. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's why... But it would be kind of a cool nostalgia. But not only that, but you're dealing with nostalgia and you're dealing with I think as far as, as those five, they're the five best performers. Who did you who did you pick? Michael Jackson, Kanye West, Jay Z, Beyonce, Chris Brown. Michael Jackson, Kanye West, Jay Z, Beyonce, and Chris Brown. Mike is his opener. Who'd you say was your closer? Chris. And Chris Brown's his closer. Okay. Those the, we're picking um Super Bowl lineups, halftime show. Mike, it goes Mike, Yay, Jay, Beyonce, Chris. Beyonce, then Chris. Yeah, that's he, a nice little closeout, though. He 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 has he has this this, this thought of of, of merging uh, PYT into good with, life into good life. Uh, yeah. All right, going, so. going because it, it works. Uh uh uh-huh. Yeah. Because Kanye's gonna control the music. He's gonna control the arrangements and everything. That's what he got. Yeah. He, he, he ain't controlling nothing with Mike. I promise you. 
I can promise you that. I think, nah, I can see that. I can see that. I, yeah, I promise they, you. My, my, I, listen, I just finished seeing a video that I thought was Mike hilarious was. about Mike because people forget Mike was a savage. Mike yeah. fired his sound engineer on stage. Yeah, but I, I think. Yeah, so if you think Kanye is going to control anything, Michael Jackson has his hands on you. You've lost genius. your mind. He's a musical genius. Mike don't respect musical genius. Mike respects him. The only the only musical genius Michael Jackson ever respected Quincy. to control anything, Quincy. especially in the studio, R. Kelly. Yeah, it was R. Kelly. So if you think Kanye got a shot, I think that's crazy. But but I think that's a good. I think that would be an iconic performance. I think that would be you have some of the best performers of their generation and what they do. And you can't tell me the crowd won't be involved. The crowd will be in it from start to finish. It's definitely interesting, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Can I give y'all my five real quick? Yeah, we was wait, we we need to use all the phone waiting to uh, dealing with some stuff. So right, you know, hold on. let me give y'all my five. Don't do that because if you mess up the if this shuts off, I'll kill you. I was trying to turn this break in here. Did it stop it? No, it did. You go. Oh, uh, <coughs> my five, my halftime show is the Who. I knew the Who was gonna be in it. Prince. Uh huh. Aerosmith. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will Smith with Jazzy Jeff. Oh my God. I almost put Will in mine. And Chris Brown. Who's your opener? My opener is Aerosmith. Who's your closer? My closer is Will Smith with Jazzy Jeff. That's okay. Good that's good close. That's, that's <laughs> going to kill the game. It's not bad. Not bad. I can, I, I can see that. And I, I legit almost put Will in mind. I legit almost put Will in mind because I'm a Will fan. I can rock with it. You you, you, you got a list, Maya? You, you ready? Dang. I mean, I do have a list. Okay, um, what's up? What you got? I can I can definitely respect, um, even though Jay's was a little unique, I can definitely respect um, the way that he thought about how some of those different songs from uh, such various artists would flow into each other. Uh-huh. And I don't know, I like that kind of thoughtfulness. So um, She's hinting at how, how she wants you to start thinking about gifts you give to her. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I just got some gifts today, too. Uh, um. I even I even like um, JC's very. You know Will classic. Smith got to be involved. It's Will JC put Will Smith in anything. <laughs> Will Smith and Will Smith is going to be involved in any list he got. I, I don't I don't mind it. Like I said, he almost made mine. Yeah. I just I just decided not to put his in because I just couldn't figure now, that out. That would be I a good Cali Cali. Will Smith is the greatest rapper of all time. Yeah. Wow, I'm, Jesse I'm, disagrees. I'm, 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 and you disagree? I, I'm, I'm not going to go that far, but I'm a huge Will Smith fan. Will Smith that. can't do no wrong. Except for Mary Jada. Jada. He, 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 he married Jada. He let August Alcina uh, uh, move into his house. It was entanglement. He still let him move in. He was uh, entangled. He let his, he let his right. young school-age daughter tell him what she's not going to do. And then cut her hair out of. I promise you. I told my wife I would have. I would have bought a wig, and so you ain't heard his new song. So you ain't heard his. You ain't heard his new song. Kids just don't understand. They're they're talking. They're not waiting on me. Okay, go ahead, Mike. No, I am waiting on you. Just sometimes I respond. Sometimes I respond. It's it's nonsense. Go go ahead, Angel Wings. 
Okay, so, um, I mean, this is my personal list, right? So, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's what you want. Um, my list would be um, Biggie, John Mayer, Philanda already loves you because you put Jay Z and Chris Brown. You need Everybody. one more. We gotta have Biggie, five. Y'all want to see Chris Brown? Jay Z and Chris Brown. You need one more. You gotta Wait, have five. It's a, it's a five. Biggie, Jay Z, Oh, that is only four. Uh huh. Yeah, we can count. <laughs> it's late, but we can we can still count. All right. Um, I would throw in um, Will Smith. <laughs> no, I ain't gonna do that. Um, I gotta throw in somebody. Kurt Franklin. What? <laughs> Where did that even come from? <laughs> from? From Jay Jordan's mind. Do you want a revolution? Did you let her get her fifth one out? I'm interested hey. to hear this. Um. Yes, they're not letting Biggie near no suits well. Yeah. If he was alive. <laughs> That's a fact. But I promise you, Falani right now, as she's listening to this, is applauding because you said he Biggie. Gonna be in there. They gonna let they gonna zoom him in <laughs> I just thought I just thought musically it would sound nice. He did anyway, so yeah, it would be nice if they would actually let that nigga near a Super Bowl stadium. I I I got an option for you since you don't have a fifth. It it, it may help you, but or, or do you have your fifth? Yeah, you I, have fifth a, I actually have a, quite a quite a list that I okay. was trying to um I think that um outcast. Outcast That's nice. Okay. okay. Uh, see. So who's your opener? Outcast three thousand. Uh, my opener. I probably said my opener would be Biggie, so he could start out with hypnotize. That always. So they can get him out of dodge. Oh. Or get shot. Oh. <laughs> Bacon. Is <laughs> <laughs> more money, more problems. <laughs> it was all a buffet. Mister Easy. Water. <laughs> Watermelon. <laughs> he's still <laughs> legendary with why he's we snoring wide awake, but he is so legendary. So, got sleep apnea. <sighs> so Biggie for the open, um, and Jay Z and John Mayer for the close. I mean, I know those are they going. Maybe Jay Z will bring John Mayer out on stage. You know. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, I can respect. It. So I had to put some thought into mine, and I figured I would go legends, mm-hmm. and I figured I figured I would, with the exception of my opener, they all kind of, well, they're all to me they're all legends in their own right anyway. But the, with the exception of my of my opener, they are all unequivocally mm-hmm. legends in their own categories areas, right? Right. So my list before I go in, in my opener, my reasoning or whatnot, my list is Mike Prince. James Brown, okay. Beyonce, Boys to Men. My opener is Boys to Men. I'm Old a huge Boys to Men. I'm a huge Boys to Men fan. Period. They are legends in my eyes. They have outsold every boy band group. They are. They still can do what they do without straining. They lost a member and still were able to do phenomenal things. Take note, TLC. So, like for me. It's it's just them. So I bring them out because they're gonna they're gonna kinda give you a law. I almost wanted to come out with some banging energy, but I was like, nah, let's build this like a roller coaster. So you know when you get on that roller coaster, that first hill is a slow climb up. 
Clink, clink. That's boys to men. They're going to give you that slow climb up. So boys to men, they prime, they starting it off. Boys to men is going to be followed by high energy James Brown. I want high energy James Brown. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> This is accurate. He sounds like James Brown. So I never want often. to hear in the shower and Jay Jordan in the same sentence ever again. And you're right. He not only sounds like James Brown, sometimes he writes like James Brown. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I I want to bring I want to have James Brown now just he he's at you got to the top of the hill and now we just be off and running fast right and so I want James Brown to hit especially because James Brown has a lot of guitar in his stuff Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so I want Prince to play background guitar and nobody really knows him and he just steps out oh my God it's Prince and Prince would do it Prince is my third and and Prince would do it. And Prince has come out and start hitting his stuff. And then after Prince, Beyonce comes out. Because I'm want i building to the excitement. I'm going, like, who is going to have the, the, the crowd just explode more and more and more and more? So Beyonce comes out, and every female and new millennium black person is going to lose a dog on my, oh, my God, Beyonce, 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 oh, my God. And she'll come and do her thing. And then... The king just pops up, stands still for 30 minutes <laughs> while the crowd loses their minds. And my clothes isn't just Mike. So after each one of them going to get like maybe two quick, two quick numbers of theirs. But my clothes is going to be Beyonce and Mike in a new, in a new version of Scream with Prince playing for him. I think that would be hot, especially when you get to the dance sequence. But the dance sequence, Prince can he can shine with his with his riffs the way he decides to do it, and Beyonce and Mike, mirror for mirror, and a dance sequence because Beyonce is a she's a choreographed dancer, but I promise you, she learns them well, and there's no greater choreographed teacher than Mike. And to see those two, those hard work ethics, just be able to match. And what you have is the greatest of all time standing side by side with the greatest of this era. Mm -hmm. Beyonce is considered to be the Michael Jackson of of this era. It would be like having Michael Jordan and LeBron James play on the same team in their prime. Mean elbow, that little. That little elbow. And so that that would be my my halftime performance. I would close with that, and everybody can go home after that because screw the game. The game doesn't matter after that. Game that, that was a, that game is a matters. hot dance sequence. Um, the game that matters. is also learnable. Yeah. Like, I mean that 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 really goes into that. I, I see the vision. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I I, I looked. At, I was I was thinking. I was like, man, I wanted I wanted to do some some some, some really make some sense and be a good show because I really was going to put my own personal first like people I like who like uh, but I wanted to be good so mm-hmm. I figured that one would work uh, J- 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 JC's coming out let's get, let's get his opinion on it because now, 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 now I can get ripped apart so he missed all the funnies like yeah. when he's, when he's, <laughs> 
So um, we talked about Jay, sounded like James Brown. And Jesse said he also writes like James Brown. And you missed the whole funny. First of all, did you do your five? Yeah. So so my five is, it's, and I, I'm going to give you the same preface I gave them. It the, It is all legends, unequivocally, except for one. And that one is legend in my mind. So that's how that's how this works. So my lineup is Mike, Prince, James Brown, Beyonce, Boys to Men. Boys to Men is a good picker. Boys to Men is my opener. So I, I wanted to go like a roller coaster. So that first that first hill is always a slow climb. Mm-hmm. We are gonna build continually. So we start with boys. I close it with Boys to Men. No, no. End of the road. No, 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 no. Mm. You got you got you got to check how it closes. So I'll start with Boys to Men. Boys to men, uh, it starts to click. You get to the top of the hill, you get that fast drop. So James Brown's next. So they're gonna go from Motown Philly into something crazy of James Brown's. But the hot part is, while James Brown is doing his number, they gotta be a man's world. Mm-mm. Coming out boys and men. In the in the riff, it, it, playing in the back, is Prince on the on the guitar because James has a lot of guitar riffs and stuff. So mm-hmm. as soon as you get to the riff, we transition from James to Prince. Prince does his thing. They're each gonna get like two selections of theirs. From Prince, you go to Beyonce. From Beyonce, you get Mike. But to close isn't just gonna be Mike. To close is gonna be some kind of like remake version of Scream, where it's Mike and Beyonce with Prince playing for him. And you get the dance sequence from Mike and Beyonce together. That's how I close my show. That's dope. That's good. That's dope. You need to do right here, Jeff. That was a good one. I still would close with Boys and Men. <laughs> That's that. You, have you ever been to a Boys and Men concert? I, I almost went, but no, I haven't been. Man. But I wanted to go. Now, that's show. a concert. They put a heck of a show on there. This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Prince Ministries presents Real Talk. Real Talk. This is Real Talk. Real Talk Radio. This is Real Talk. High Prince Ministries presents Real Talk. 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 Real Talk.